does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You better wake up on a Tuesday, KB, because there's going to be a lot going on. Roster cuts for the Indianapolis Colts. What's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor? We shall see, and we'll be talking about it for the next three hours. Hanging out with you on this Tuesday on The Fan in the Drive, Hubler.com studios. I'm Andy Sweeney. He's Kevin Bowen. Mark Dighton producing today's effort. We have beer in studio that you are going to present to Mark. I think Mark got a haircut, too. He's looking good today. He's ready for Jonathan Taylor Day. Haircut and a six-pack. What more do you need? They're a little Oktoberfest. I like yeah, that. I figured it is football season. You're I damn feel right like, it is. You know, the weather has had a little bit of a crisper feel <laughs> yes. to it. Mark, um, also brewed in Munich. I know the Colts aren't necessarily playing in Munich, but oh, Frankfurt, Munich. That's I close mean, enough. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah. I'm gonna get. So, congrats to your Brownsburg. There we go. Uh-huh. Again, about Brownsburg right. today. Betting on high school football. Yes. I don't know if it's the greatest moral <laughs> compass, but here you go, Mark. Congrats well, on that. N- n- Thank you. Not sir. only that, you're betting not with money, but with alcohol. That that's the thing. Is oh. that worse? If you're worried about yeah. it, that would be worse. I don't I, know I'll if it is or not. The Trester Mental Attitude Award from the IHSAA. I'd like to thank the high school athletes for the. I've been bestowed. Yeah, thank you for yeah. all those 16 and 17 year olds doing what they did on Friday Mark night. Mark will buy you Bush Light at prom <laughs> for you. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, here we are on this Tuesday, uh, and we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, it could be a it could be a huge day uh, in the you know the history, if you will, of Indianapolis sports. We shall see what happens with Jonathan Taylor uh, cuts. They may be happening during the show. We will have Joel A. Erickson join us from the Indianapolis Star coming up at eight o'clock. But good morning, KB. What do you foresee? Uh, probably not during this show. We'll get much clarity, but at some point today, we will. At least take the next step in the Jonathan Taylor saga. Yeah, I thought that was well said right there off the bat, Andy, about, yeah, this could be one of the, I don't know, one of the bigger days in franchise history. I mean, certainly you'll have to see how everything plays out, but, you know, if Jonathan Taylor were to get moved, what you would get in return for him, obviously the future ramifications of that potentially on Anthony Richardson. All of those things are at play, and and just in general, this is the biggest transaction day the NFL calendar sees. You'll have, what, over 1,100 guys get cut from various teams around the league, and sure, you know, nearly half of them will be back on a practice squad, but still, practice squad security isn't 53-man roster sort of security. Game day checks look different. Practice squad guys still make a great amount of money, but game day checks look a whole lot different than that. So, a ton for us to unpack today because I think we continue to have a few different morsels Mm -hmm. appear on Jonathan Taylor. One very notable national member of the media thinks he will be moved. Uh, To your point about when will we see something, Chris Ballard typically waits until the final minute yeah. of these deadlines. Yeah, 358, so, yeah. 4 o'clock is roster yeah. cuts. I want to say the Naheem Hines trade last, you know, trade deadline last October, that was like even a little bit after 4 o'clock by the time it got officially announced. I'm not holding my breath on any time, anything soon, uh, but certainly we can hit on that. And then again, just 
cuts and, and what we see from a tight end standpoint, what we see at corner, uh, no undrafted free agent. Is that going to be the case? What are they going to do with the offensive line situation? Because the depth there is beyond an experienced. And again, from waiver claims tomorrow, which Chris Ballard typically does about two a year, um, you can point to other seasons where he's done a lot more, and typically that's involved staff changes. Well, there's quite a bit of staff change this season, so I think we could see a few more considering where the Colts are in the waiver list. And then, Andy, I tweeted out yesterday, um, and this is not Taylor-related, but we have seen the Colts have, I think it's eight trades in this final day here of August, you know, we already saw, I think Mark's Bears did one late last night. Yes, they did. Dan, offensive linemen. Dan yep. Feeney, Dan an Indiana Feeney. University product, moving back to, I think, his Chicago area roots from Six the Dolphins. Yeah, so typically those are some trades that you see of, okay, we're going to cut this guy, you're going to cut that guy, why don't we just swap them? Um, so all of that... We can keep an eye on, but it is a beautiful looking Tuesday here in Indianapolis. So, good morning, everybody out there, and thank you for tuning into the wake up call. Yeah, it feels like football. That's what we're talking about. It feels like football. You're bringing Oktoberfest into the studio. That's what I'm talking about. You're right. You're feeling good. It's not the heat of yeah of last week. Everyone's feeling good. We have football in the air, and the thing that any not offense, at all, by the way, 58 degrees this morning. <laughs> good lord. Any any offense that Mark hasn't offered us one. Yeah, you know, I think that would just you be common go courtesy, ahead and take right? One, Kev, if you want to, are they cold? Beer. No, they're not. Okay, That's the thing. Well, you want throw a warm a couple, beer? Throw a couple in the freezer. It'll be cold fine. enough in fifty-eight degrees. Yeah, they, we'll just set them outside. You know what's interesting to me? Whether it be, and I assume you were alluding KB to Ian Rapoport, who believes that he's going to be moved, and the Dolphins are involved, and there are other teams involved. We played the sound yesterday. Uh, Mark did. In, uh, in Chicago with Adam Schefter, who's like, I don't really know, yeah. I, right? And like to me, that is, it's been interesting joining this show and this story, okay? Because this is a story that we don't know. We don't know the injury. We don't know what, ha- what has happened behind the scenes. We don't know why the Colts are so damn dug in. We don't know what's going to happen. And NFL insiders don't know, KB. I mean, you have, you don't have I mean, Adam Schefter is not strong like, oh, he's going to be traded. I mean, it's going to happen today. Get ready for Tuesday. Jonathan Taylor is going to be on a, on another team. We don't know those other teams. We don't know what kind of compensation we're talking about. We don't know if Jonathan Taylor, whether he stays here in Indianapolis or not, we don't know what he's going to, you know, is he going to miss the first four games? Is he going to miss the four, uh, first four games? Is he going to be on the pup list? Or is he, uh, like JMV says, is he going to be practicing tomorrow? If he were to receive some sort of a deal, or is he going to play? Now? Like, 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 we just don't know anything about this story, and we don't know what's going to happen today. And I guess part of it's fun, but I tell you, there haven't been too many stories where NFL insiders are very lukewarm, and that's how I feel. Yeah, and I think it's a good point to bring up how Rappaport and Schefter, it's a little bit different. I, I think it's fair to say Ian is whatever, 60, 70%. He thinks something will happen. We can play that audio a little bit later. Schefter is much more, I'd say, 50-50 if even that um but and this might be me being selfish i think a good amount of our listeners will be happy about some of it we're gonna get to four o'clock today andy and we'll finally get an answer on taylor something some answer is going to occur at four o'clock and that is through an action by the indianapolis colts which again they haven't had to do a lot of action with this situation that's played out so publicly over the last month so we're going to get that today at four o'clock and we'll explain that and then tomorrow, at some point, Chris Bauer is scheduled to meet the media. 
I think it's going to be late tomorrow afternoon. Uh, typically, he likes to get through the waiver claims. And again, um, 4 o'clock today, you got to cut to 53, 90 to 53. No more five cut here, five cut there. The NFL just has one big cut. I know the Colts have already made some moves, mm-hmm. but technically you only have to do one big one. And then in the next kind of 20-hour period, the waiver claims process tomorrow at noon. Then you kind of reassess your 53-man roster. You put together a practice squad. The Colts will get back to practice tomorrow at 3. And again, Chris Ballard scheduled to meet the media at some point. So those are the, I think those are at least decent (laughs) items for maybe our sanity of by 4 o'clock today, Jonathan Taylor has to come off the pup list which would mean he is eligible to practice and play as soon as tomorrow. Eligible is the key word. We'll see if he actually does practice and or play, of course, a week from Sunday. But he would be eligible if you bring him off that pup list onto your 53-man roster. If you leave him on the pup list, he has to miss. And this is not just games, it's practice. He misses practice and games between now and and through week four of the regular season. So that answer, thankfully, we're going to get here in less than nine hours. Is it wrong for me just to ask you guys, what do we think happens? Like, like, like what's the leader in the clubhouse? I, I have. Is it that he stays in Indianapolis and he's on the pup list? I think he will be off the pup list. Now, let me caution and say my conviction with this, Andy, unfortunately. No, it's very low. Like I understand. Me yeah. losing my chapstick this morning and scrambling around in my car in the parking garage. be like, that damn chapstick. I've lost that so many times. I'm looking for it like it's my wedding ring. Uh, luckily, I was able to find it. You ever it lost a wedding for, ring? For any, not like, I mean, I've certainly lost it for like an hour or so, but yeah. nothing to the extent of like. I was a couple de- I was a couple days. I kind of ga- I kind of gave up oh, on wow. it. I kind of gave up on it for some reason. This is, this is my second one. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, a bunch of my. Second one because of what reason? <laughs> uh, we lived in our apartment at the time and I was taking out the trash and I was still working overnight. Oh. And it was one of those things where I threw, I threw the bag in and Ooh. the elastic wrapped around my finger and Man. the ring just clean off into the dumpster. I was climbing in the dumpster, couldn't find it. That's I'm a like, scene I, I from don't a know movie, what to Mark. Do. It, it really is. Okay, so you didn't just, you didn't really lose it. Well, I mean, you did lose it, but you knew in the vicinity where it was. Right. Which is much different than, <laughs> than the different it. times that I've Never been looking it. for. misplacement on that. <laughs> yeah, I've been mad at myself. It was uh, during the move, I thought I just lost it, like kind of like you did where it fell off. Anyway, we could talk about other things. I, I've, I mean, that's the beauty is you don't know what's going to happen today. So you think, you think <laughs> off the pup list. I think he's off the pup list, whether he's a cult or not. I'm still a little torn on. Part of me says he will not be a cult because I ask myself this question, Andy. What changes? Just because you keep him, does that all of a sudden mean Jonathan Taylor's happy? No. No. Basically, to me, keeping him would say we're delaying the inevitable situation that we've had for the last month. The trade deadline's not until Halloween. He's under contract. For another year. So you would still have a very disgruntled running back. And to me, that situation, the hanging cloud of it all, if you as a franchise are not giving him an extension, which there has been no hint of this. Jim Irsay, if Jim Irsay wants to say something publicly, he'll say something publicly. And whether it was Irsay after the bus situation back in late July, or it was him inside of that press box at Lucas Oil Stadium a couple weeks, there is nothing in there about Jonathan Taylor being a member of the Indianapolis Colts past the 2023 season. So if that's your stance, to me, 
go ahead and get rid of him by 4 o'clock. Oh, the only, I know we're up against a break here. By the way, Tom Deanhart going to join us in about 20 minutes, bottom of the hour, 7.30. Joe L, uh, Joe A, Joe L, Joe, Joel Joel Embiid, that'd be a great gift for him. Joel Embiid A. Erickson. That would, hey, uh, Embiid, we're going to have to bump you. Jonathan Taylor News just came down at at 8.05. I don't even know what, I, I don't even know what I was going to say. I guess here would be the only thing that does change, KB, and it would be, I mean, it would be the Colts kind of exerting some of their leverage and power over over Jonathan Taylor, I'm sure some fans would feel like, okay, now maybe, you know, if he's on the pup list, now, you know, maybe there's still an in-season trade we could do. Maybe the two sides can actually get together at some point, <laughs> uh, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, if nothing else, maybe he plays for your franchise and you're a better team and you get a couple more wins because Jonathan Taylor is playing. So I guess that's what would change. But you talk about the feelings between the two parties. I don't think that's changing it, at all. It, it would have to take... Yeah. One of the bigger 180s that you've seen. So I, I cannot stress that enough. But again, we will get at least an answer today through an action. Tomorrow, it'll be Chris Bauer's words. So I think, uh, praise you know who. I mean, thank the Lord. We are finally going to get some steps in a clarity type of direction here today. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in Indianapolis. A whole lot to get to from a roster cut standpoint, as Andy said. Tom Deanhart, talk Purdue football. Uh, It is a I think a pretty notable schedule here out of the gate for Purdue. At least not Cupcake Central might be the better way to put it for Ryan Walters' first season. So we'll uh, got the Notre Dame angle last week. We'll do Purdue today, Indiana a little bit later in the week. And again, Joel A. Erickson coming up at 8 o'clock as we'll dive deep into roster cuts with Joel. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy here on 93.5107.5. The I, I do love it goes to the check down from the Disturbed commercial. Do you like that? Wow. You like that? I know you do, KB. I know what's going on with you well, right Kevin now. Kevin also thought that Papa Roach and Limp Biscuit were the same. We're rolling, 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 yeah, rolling. How, how dare you do that to Fred Durst? How, how dare you kill my middle school years? You did it uh, all for the <laughs> let's, let's get it going. Uh, on this check down, uh, it's, all, it's all bad. The Reds are done. Are the Reds well, done? Oh, wow. The, are the Reds Can done? Can we not lead off with the Cubs? I, I, the Cubs you're right. Lose? You know what? The Come Cubs on, lost. Geez. That's actually the I, highlight I of the day. The Cubs I, lost I six to two. You did. did. You said, but we also had the over under at nine, and the uh, over under was eight. Uh, thank you to only two runs by the Cubs. Uh, so the Cubs losers last night. The Reds losers last night. Four one. That was a late one in San Francisco. Uh, if you wanted any of that, the Reds still maintain that uh, they trail by one and a half games. So that doesn't change at all. But San Francisco now moves ahead of them. Not good, KB. What do you guys think of the um, Ronald Acuna Jr. video? Some fans running out on the field at Coors Field. Yeah, that was weird. I I would say one of the more, like, I don't know if intimate's the right word, but like I was very nervous watching the first like 10 seconds of that video. Well, no, a guy hugs him and like hangs on, and then another guy comes on the field and, then Acuna and is kind Jr. of hung, like, hugging falls him. to the ground at one yeah. point. Like, he was fine injury-wise or anything like that. But it was odd. Yeah, it was a very weird video, and obviously one of the stars of Major League Baseball. Uh, yesterday, we updated you throughout the first half. Team USA routes Greece there in the second half. They win by 28. Tyrese Halliburton off the bench per usual. Uh, him and that bench group sparked some things for Team USA because it was kind of a sluggish first quarter. Nine points, three assists, three blocks 
in 21 minutes for Halliburton. We've seen in the past, guys like Carmelo Anthony, guys like Dwayne Wade, they have fully embraced bench roles with Team USA. And honestly, I think it's been a big part of um, you know how they're kind of viewed in the basketball limelight. Here was Halliburton yesterday on coming off the bench. When you wear this uniform, you know, when you play for Team USA, it's so much bigger than you. Um, so you got to understand that and understand the legends that have came off the bench before us. Uh, we're no better than them. So, um, you know, you got to understand it and understand that that's part of building a culture here for Team USA. Um, and they've been able to do that over the last, you know, however many years. And so we're just trying to continue that. You know, Andy, I know a big part of this for Halliburton, at least I would think, is you look ahead to next year and the Olympics in 2024, and you think about the Team USA backcourt. I mean, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard aren't getting any younger. Um, you know, Trey Young, probably more of a score first. Donovan Mitchell, not really a point guard. You know, John Morant's situation, obviously. Uh, you know, Darren Fox, obviously Jalen Brunson is with mm-hmm. Halliburton on this team. I mean, there is an opportunity here. That, oh, 100%. You know, if yeah. you're going to rank the 12 best American players, maybe Halliburton's not that, but if you're building a basketball team, what he's doing right now I think would be very uh, he'd be up in the discussion in that room heading I mean, you don't know who's going to be on the team you know who's going to be on the team yeah. Like who's gonna commit to being on the team? Right, right. No, it's all good. It's all good for Halliburton. Yeah, all, all of it's good. Tomorrow, that's not Michael. That's, <laughs> that's not, not Michael. Spieth. It's the country. <laughs> Four forty. If you want to set your alarms, I guess when I say tomorrow, don't I mean? I mean, it's actually I guess to- it yeah, is yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I guess, I guess technically early it is. Wednesday morning. Uh, so yeah, we will not be up for that. Well, I guess we'll kind of be up maybe for the back end of that one. Uh, Indians in Buffalo tonight. That's a seven oh five. And I know at some point you wanted to talk about it. Isaiah Rogers picked up by the Philadelphia. Eagles yesterday. Yeah, so basically what the Eagles are saying is uh, he's worth a spot on our 90-man roster. They did that, then they moved him to the suspension list, so he will be out for, again, at least the entire season. He still has to be reinstated by the NFL, but Nick Sirianni, obviously a relationship with Isaiah Rogers, certainly saw him play and uh, going to give him a chance. And I think this is kind of what we're going to see in the NFL. If you get suspended for gambling in one place, you just get cut and then you go somewhere else. Which I, I don't know. That's like, <laughs> well, yeah. it's I mean, or problem. you end up on the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's yeah. your punishment. Now he did get suspended for a year. I mean, they they gave their two cornerbacks, Bradbury and Slay. I, I believe they gave them both three year deals. I know they gave Slay a three year deal. I believe Bradbury's is a little bit more front loaded in a signing bonus, and he's going to be making a lot more money in 2023. When you're a good team, you do things like this, and people say not a bad move. Yeah, wise. not a bad move. Wise. wise. What a wise team. Uh, roster cut meetings went late last night for the Indianapolis Colts as they're trying to get things down to 53. Obviously, the Jonathan Taylor story is certainly one that is still very, very fresh. We're going to hit on all of it today. Again, Tom Deanhart on the other side covers Purdue football for On3.com. We'll preview a little bit of the Boilers as Ryan Walters gets his first season underway. I really like the potential. I know it's a defensive-minded head coach. I really like the potential, though offensively with Graham Harrell and Hudson Carr transferring in from Texas. So we'll chat about that on the other side. It's a wake-up call. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Be and Andy here, 93.5107.5. We're doing this segment for Todd Meyer, a little Purdue football. That's yes. what we're going to do here uh, on the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy hanging out with you uh, up until 10 o'clock on this Tuesday. Cut day for the Indianapolis Colts. What's going to happen with JT? You know we'll have you covered here all day on the fan. But let's go to the Payless Liquors hotline. Tom Deanhart joins us uh, following PurdueGoldenBlack.com, part of the On3 Network. Tom, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us uh, here early in the morning. I guess let's start here, big picture, and then we can drill down into the the depth chart and the quarterback and everything else. Uh, With the coaching change and obviously such a good season last year and now uh, a lot of new faces, new quarterbacks and everything else with the program, what do you think would be a successful season for Purdue this season? You know, I really think just getting to a bowl game uh, in 2023, in my eyes, would be considered a success, just given all the turnover that, that's happened here in West Lafayette. You know, you, you reference the coaching staff, right? You have new schemes on both sides of the ball, and then obviously a new philosophy coming from your, your head coach, too. And then, of course, you've got the roster, the personnel. Wholesale changes across the board. Hit the transfer portal very hard. Had upwards of almost 20 players that they've, they've imported. Then you had the freshmen on top of that. Um, I think about a third of the roster is new. So you're given all that. And then, of course, the third factor is the schedule, guys. Look at the schedule when you get a chance. Very, very mm-hmm. difficult. Ohio State and Michigan among the, 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 the big ask of, of this team in, in 2023. So, again, guys, 6-6, six and six, get to a bowl. To me, that's good. 7-5. and five. That may be the ceiling, I think. Yes, Tom points out the crossover games. Ohio State, Michigan speak for themselves, and then September you really don't have Cupcake Central. That's the non-con by any is means. good. Yeah, the non-con no, is good. Beginning uh, Saturday at noon, that's Fresno State four and a half point favorite Purdue in that Ryan Walters opener. Again, Tom Deanhart on three dot com with us here on the Payless Stickers Hotline. Tom, uh, the the transfer of Hudson Card. I, it feels like him and Graham Harrell that sort of marriage. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm pretty high on that duo. I understand Purdue's lost a lot from a skill position standpoint. I should say pass-catching standpoint more than anything. But that's a duo that I feel like um, we could be talking about a little bit more prominently as the season moves along. Where are the expectations specifically with this passing offense? I think they're they're, they're sky high. You know, the the moment Hudson Card got here in January after he transferred from, from Texas, ever since then the praise has really been effusive. For, for Card uh, on and off the field. You know, skill set. Uh, looks like he's a, a glove-in-hand fit for this air raid-based offense. He can run it. He can throw it. And, again, I think it's the run-up part that's really going to be unique that's going to surprise fans. He's a, he's a good athlete with some speed, so he's going to be able to extend plays, keep his eyes downfield, hopefully find open receivers. If not, he's going to be able to tuck it and run it, which we didn't see in recent years from the Purdue quarterback. So, again, um, he can end up being a real steal, guys. Um, hasn't got a lot of publicity nationally, but anybody who's matriculated through West Lafayette and watched him in the spring or during camp has come away very impressed. So he's the straw that stirs the drink here in West Lafayette. Purdue will go as Hudson Card goes. And, and again, with, with the way he's turned head so far, maybe that's pretty far. 
Now, I feel like it's just kind of roll call we have to do here, especially with Purdue and Indiana and how many transfers they both have had into their program. We know about Hudson Card. Where else should we be looking for impactful newcomers via the portal for Purdue this season? Because when we had Ryan Walters on in the spring, he's like, oh, yeah, when the summer hits, we still need to go out and try to find a half dozen guys. <laughs> I think I was looking at the game notes yesterday. They had they have 17 transfers on their, their preseason two deep to give you a little idea of the uh, of the influx of new players. And I think the two positions that were hit the hardest were offensive line. They brought in six transfers there. And then the secondary, the entire cornerback spot, is made up of either transfers or true freshmen, so all newcomers at the cornerback spot. I think overall, guys, there's five portal cornerbacks and one J.C. transfer. So those two spots really – have undergone the most change, and they're going to undergo the most scrutiny when, when they take the lid off the season here at a high noon on Saturday against Fresno State. And, guys, you, you talked about the schedule a little bit. I mean, it, it's not easy like we talked about. In September in particular, to me, I mean, I know it's only the first month of the season, but, but it's probably the make-or-break month if Purdue wants to make the postseason. You have five games, four of them are at home. I think Purdue's got to be three and two when that calendar turns to October. If it really wants to have a good chance to reach the postseason. Yeah, you look at that September schedule, and Tom Deanhart with us here on the Fan. Fresno State at home at Virginia Tech, home Syracuse, home Wisconsin. They have a new coaching staff, and obviously Illinois and Bielema coming in. Uh, the Friday that, night game against the Badgers. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, that's going to be an FS1 game. I mean, they have some chances here, but wow, that is a, a heavy September schedule. You mentioned Graham Harrell. I know KB's a big fan of. Uh, quarterback and offensive coordinator. Uh, I have followed Jeff Brom, obviously, uh, many years uh, You know, in the ACC and other things. When you look at Brom and you look at Harrell, what's the difference between the two as a new system is in West Lafayette? I think they're both obviously quarterback-centric play callers, right? Um, Harrell comes from that air-raid-based family uh, led by Mike Leach. Of course, he's a quarterback for Mike Leach in Lubbock and coach for Mike Leach at Washington State. Uh, and, again, the, I think the difference is, I, I think maybe, maybe the overall complexity. I think Brahms' offense was very complex. Always heard about a, a big, thick playbook, just a lot to learn. Now, this, this Graham Harrell air raid-based offense that they're going to run here at Purdue, not overly complex from what, from what you're told or what I'm told. Um, they, they try to keep things simple. And what they try to do is just dress things up with formations and shifts and whatnot to try to confuse teams. They basically try to do the same thing over and over again at, a, at a maybe different looks and different sets and different alignments. They want their guys to be able to play fast, and they want to be good at what they do. And the defense is very similar. Again, not, not a lot of complexity there. Uh, and they try to dress things up with different looks. So, again, you know, I think that's the biggest difference here. They're both going to be quarterback-centric offenses. But I think the complexity of Brahms was just a little bit more sophisticated. Looking at the game notes and looking at the depth chart, and Tom Deanhart with us, we're talking some Purdue football here on this Tuesday. Uh, there's not a lot of ors. You know, in college you get uh, sometimes a depth chart where it's all ors. So they you know, they say, well, here's the starter, or it's this guy, or it's that guy. I feel like with Purdue, it's the offensive line where you get the ors. Uh, am I wrong there? I'm looking at left tackle, center, and guard. Is that the biggest question mark right now? Yeah, I think left tackle. Uh, Muhammad Musa, an Indianapolis kid, He's, I think he's a 50-50 proposition to play. 
I don't think he is going to play. I think they're going to have to play a backup left tackle to start the season. And I think you know, they're going to have to probably play their third-string center, Kidney Mollison Johnson from Colorado. Of course, Gus Hartwood's a local kid from Zionsville. He's, he's out until probably midseason. His backup, I think, is going to miss the game. Josh Kaltenberger, they'll be listed as the starter on the depth chart, but I think he's going to be out another week. So, again, they could be down to number three center. So, yeah, that offensive line is going to get tested right out of the gate against the Fresno t- State team, guys. If you're a college football fan, have any appreciation for the sport, you know how good Fresno State has been over the years and continues mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. They won their final nine games last year. Yeah, yeah and, and just great history. It's a, it's a very kind of a, a blue-collar, chip-on-the-shoulder program. A lot of pride in that program. They're always well-coached. Jeff Tedford, guys, was Aaron Rodgers' coach. He coached Kyle Bowler. I think he's coached six NFL quarterbacks. So, again, a very sophisticated coach. And get this, he's 61 years old. He's going to go against 37-year-old Ryan Walter. So, it's a huge age difference. <laughs> Tom, last one from me, and you brought up the offensive line injury, so maybe you just answered it, but the biggest position question mark is where? Yeah, again, it's, 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 it's not the offensive line. It's, it's the secondary and the cornerback spot in particular. I think, like I said, um, I like the starters to get the two transfers, one's from Penn State, one's from Ole Miss. I think those guys are solid. But the backups, one backup's a true freshman on the depth chart. The other backup is that junior college transfer I talked about. So if they get in injury the cornerback, uh, it could get very interesting. So, yeah, keep your eyes, your Purdue fan, on the cornerback spot and the offensive line on Saturday. And Tom Deanhart, the writer and the editor covering Purdue football for On3.com. Again, things underway, noon kick. That's 9 a.m. for uh, the Fresno State faithful. So maybe a little advantage there for the Boilers coming up in their opener on Saturday. Tom, great stuff. Thanks for hopping on early with us today. You guys, thank you for having me, guys. Take care. That's Tom Deanhart right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Get Andy, four and a half point favorite. You know, Fresno won nine in a row to end last season. Jake Hayner, their quarterback, was a guy I think a lot of people liked entering the draft. Fourth round pick from the Saints. They won their bowl game over Washington State. And it's, you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, Purdue's playing top 10, top 10, top 10 team in September, but. You know, Fresno State, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse, those aren't the MAC schools. That's not, you know, Indiana State coming to West Lafayette and, you know, nothing against Indiana State. Oh, Brom sure did him dirty. Brom did him Bruce dirty. Bowen is not happy <laughs> that I just <laughs> Poor scolded Walters. his alma mater or JMV. <laughs> Poor Walters. He got done dirty by Jeff Brom. Brom, right? He came up with the schedule. And, of course, IU fans left. will say, I don't care one bit about Purdue playing Ohio State and Michigan. Welcome to what life in the Big Ten East. Welcome to the life. Is like. So, uh, again, I, I like Hudson Card a lot. Um, I know Purdue obviously has had a lot of turnover from Payne Durham and Charlie Jones and some of those important skill guys, but Devin Mockaby, breakout season for him. And just curious to see what uh, what Ryan Walters will bring. And a ton of transfers in West Lafayette, a ton in Bloomington, and we'll get the IU look at their matchup with Ohio State and their season starting uh, probably Thursday. I looked up Aiden O'Connell. He completed seventy one of his seventy one percent of his passes in the preseason. Have they announced the oh, backup man. for Garoppolo? Like, I mean, is it's it got to be him, it, right? It, oh, Hoyer, please. Is I it mean, O'Connell? It, that, that's an ex Colt Brian Hoyer, by the way. I, I, listen, I know. Well, Brian uh, Brian Hoyer's been in how many teams? <laughs> he's been with how many teams? So it's not a surprise he's been with the Colts. You want to transition back to the Colts here quickly? Yeah, I mean, oh, we, yeah. that's yeah. what well, we need well, to do. Actually, again, actually, you know, it was kind of funny you brought up quarterbacks and. Jimmy G. Uh oh. Um, before we get into the roster cuts and the Jonathan Taylor situation, I saw yesterday that we have betting lines out for the first quarterback to lose his starting job. Uh huh. 
I think I've mentioned before, really since May, I think the Colts have one of the least daunting schedules I have seen. I think it's one of the more tame quarterback schedules that I've seen. So on this list of first quarterback to lose his starting job in 2023, Andy, there was 11 of them Okay, that are listed at odds 16 to 1 or better. So basically you had a, a, a tier of guys that you know, somewhat of a chance that they could be benched here. Of those 11 names, eight of them the Colts are going to see on the schedule this season. Eight do you want me to, 11. Do you want me to guess who I think is on there? Because I don't even know. I mean, Baker sure. Mayfield's got to be on Baker there. Baker Mayfield is the most likely quarterback to lose his starting job first. Sam Howell? Sam Howell. The Colts do not play Sam Howell. But, that, that, but he's that on the second. list, right? Yep. Is uh-huh. he not? Uh, Mac Jones isn't on the list, is he? Matt or Jones is he? Is fifth. Mac Jones is fifth. I okay, guess tied for fourth when you look at it. Okay, exactly. uh, what about the the situation in Atlanta? Desmond that, Ritter yeah. just behind Mac Jones. Yeah, the I would, I would imagine Ritter. he's got to be there. But like all the rookies, I can't do any of the rookies, right? I all mean, the come rookies on. are on the list. Okay, so Bryce Young's on so the list CJ too. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, obviously one of the eleven is Anthony Richardson. Has to be. Okay. So again, eight of the eleven. Baker Mayfield, you play. Ryan Tannehill, you play theoretically twice. CJ Stroud, you would play theoretically twice. Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, again, Anthony Richardson's on it, Bryce Young, who the Colts will play in their only 4 o'clock game of the year. Coming up around the midway point, Jimmy Garoppolo, they will play with the Raiders. They do not play Jordan Love and the Packers. He is on there. And then to round out the 11 that, again, are kind of separate from the rest of the group, would be Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and the Colts Ma- play. And Matthew Stafford, by the way, have you followed? Uh, M- Mark and I were in the studio, and ESP- ESPN missed their top of the hour break at the top of the 7 o'clock hour before you came in here with the beer. They were arguing about Matthew Stafford's wife going on her podcast and saying that, you know. I caught that over your shoulder and bled <laughs> into the start of the 7 o'clock. I go, are we really talking about Kelly Stafford's comments you d- on you a damn podcast? Re- right, we are. By the way, I have a beef to pick with that list. Ryan Tannehill, okay. he's not going to get benched. Have have you seen the backups there? Malik Willis is not any good. And Will Levis is injured and also is not anywhere near ready to play in an NFL game. Like, Tannehill's only going down if he's injured. He's not being benched. Well, he got injured last year. Yeah, but is it losing the job yeah. in, in any way? Is it Because I see that as, as being benched, right? I mean, right? at some point, if you all of a sudden, if Tennessee, if what the spiral Tennessee had to close last season, if we see that again, yeah. you know, two and five, whatever, at some point, you got to look at the Tannehill contract and think, what are we doing here? Why don't you just try one of these young guys? I, you know, I don't know if it would be Willis. I, I don't know if it'd be Levis. But at some point, it's like we drafted those dudes in round right. two and round three for a reason. Why are we throwing Tannehill out there? Who is what thirty? What is Tannehill? Well, he's getting like close to the end. Yeah, but they think they're a play. They're, you know, they think they're a playoff team. You know, one last hurrah, another year or so with Ryan Tannehill. I don't know. To me, he'd be on the bottom of the list, and that's not me sticking up for him. It's just I don't think I don't think those other guys are anywhere close to playing. Like like if Minshew were in Tennessee, it would be a different story, right? But he's not. Like I don't even know who the Carolina backup is. If Bryce if Bryce Young goes down, who's the backup there? That's a good question. Derek Anderson still around? <laughs> Derek well, Anderson, <laughs> Carolina Panthers. I have no idea. Oh, it's not the Red Rocker, Walker, right? The Is Red it Rocker. Dalton? Yeah, Andy Dalton. Oh yeah. You know what? And I, Matt I watched, Corral's still there too. And Matt Corral's still there. Who I actually liked coming out of college. Corral, I actually liked yeah. my uh, Corral. Then he, you know, then he got injured he got and you know ACL, whatever. Right? Yeah. Andy Dalton's going to end up playing and starting games in Carolina. Okay. So the new Jonathan Taylor news from yesterday. 
Um, again, you have Ian Rappaport that is pretty much saying like more likely than not he gets traded. That's kind of where Ian Rappaport is at. Um, and you had Josina Anderson, who's another NFL reporter, mentioned yesterday kind of two teams that have given offers and are working to construct a trade, and they are going to give Taylor a market contract. Now, market contract, I think, is something to define. I mean, is that Chubb? You look at market contract right now. Some would say that's Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley getting one for ten or one for eleven. The Nick Chubb deal was twelve for thirty or uh, three for thirty six, mm-hmm. right? Twelve annually. I, you know, I, I've said all along three years for thirty nine million. That's kind of where I've been at this. So um, clearly, there are a couple of teams that have gotten a hold of the NFL power media people and have mentioned that there is real interest in Taylor. Now, of course, how does the rest of today play out? That is something, of course, that we will be monitoring throughout the day. Do you think they're reaching out to guys like Ian Rappaport and company? And I don't, I don't know if we have that sound, if we want to play that. Um, I, you know, Do you think they're reaching out to put pressure on the, to put pressure on the Colts? Hey, here's what's going on. You know, there are offers on the table. I mean, yeah. I mean, do you think that's it? To try, I mean, but even when I say that, you know, this story was a bigger story last week than it's been today and that it's been tomorrow, uh, yesterday, right? Shout, it, it feels like. Shout out briefly to Rosie Bowen here. Maddie just texts me and goes, Rosie's listening to the show oh, on, on, on the way to school. And she goes, does daddy have a new friend at work? How about that? That's a very nice thing for her Look to say. That. I do, Rosie. Yeah, Rosie, <laughs> this is Andy Sweeney. Um, Andy's going to Hello. Have, welcome in his first child here. Uh, so a new baby for the Sweeney family coming up here in a couple yeah, of Yeah, we close on our house on Thursday. So I'll be jetting out of Are here. Are you buying at, Jonathan Taylor's house? I am not buying Jonathan Taylor's house. Okay. <laughs> Where, where's that house at, by the way? <laughs> I, I, I have no Which idea. Which huge gated community is that in? <laughs> if he even has a home here. But I know he you know, got recently married. Mark, will you play that rap poor audio again? This sure. is Ian from uh, NFL Network this morning. So this is within the last hour, Ian Rappaport on the latest that he is hearing with Jonathan Taylor. All eyes are on Jonathan Taylor today. The cold star running back who has been in the news for more than a month now, of course, requested a trade, then received permission to seek a trade. I'm told there are at least two teams still interested with offers to the Indianapolis Colts to Miami Dolphins. Is one of those teams, they've been long rumored to be a potential landing spot for Jonathan Taylor. Time will tell if general manager Chris Ballard pulls the trigger on this trade for me, just from what I know about the situation, hard to imagine Taylor returning to the Colts and playing for them, although I guess theoretically anything is possible. Either way, today should be the long-awaited conclusion of the Jonathan Taylor saga. We mentioned mentioned this in the opener, Andy, but I think it's worth repeating again because a lot of this stuff can get complicated. We will get an answer on Taylor at 4 o'clock today. Not because the Colts have a self-imposed trade deadline necessarily, because you have to either keep him on that pup list or bring him off of the pup list, which means he'd be eligible to practice and play right away. We've had questions on this here recently, and I wanted to make sure that I double-check this and share it with our listeners. Um, If you are on that pup list, you are out for the first four games of the year, you can then come off the pup list at any time. This is from the NFL, players on the pup list are paid their entire base salary. A player's contract will not be told. That means the contract will not be suspended and resume the following season while on the pup unless 
the players in the last year of his deal, mm-hmm. which Taylor is, mm-hmm. and he is both not able to perform football services as of the sixth regular season game and is not activated during that regular season or postseason. So this is information that I was unsure about when people were asking a week ago, so I wanted to make sure that we shared this. So basically, Taylor has got to get on the football field at some point here in 2023. You can't miss a full season due to an injury from last year and your contract all of a sudden be picked up when you're in the final year. So this is the NFL's way of saying, don't be too sneaky on us. You're not going to get away with that. So Taylor has got to get on the football field in some capacity this year if he wants to hit free agency next year. Okay, so this is there's one consistent, KB, that has happened. And that's a good clarification by you. But there's one consistent from ye- from from yesterday, this morning, and last week. And what is it? It's this. It's the Dolphins and a second team that have put an offer out for Jonathan Taylor. Now you may say, "Well, Andy, what do you mean?" Here's what I mean. Only two teams have offered for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this is the news that we had last week. That the Dolphins and somebody else have reached out about Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, listen, you could read into it that Baller is trying to play him against each other, that the offers aren't that great, that he's not going to be lowballed. These are things that we talked about yesterday. But I guess I'm a little bit surprised that for a week now, right? For about a, for about a week, we've had the two team narrative out there and that's it so when Jonathan Taylor was told by the Colts go out and find out how much you're worth yes that can mean money and it only takes one team and ultimately he wants the money and we've talked about it with a new contract years money guaranteed money stability and everything else but I think it shows the interest as well that only two teams have offered right like it's not it's not that there's five or six teams that have offered, and they might be crappy deals, right? They might not be very good deals, but at least Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter or somebody else would say, yeah, four or five teams have deals. I mean, we don't know how good the Miami's deal is. If the Cowboys are the other team or the Bears or whoever, the, well, not the Bears, but the Broncos are another team. We don't know what they're, what they're offering, so it's not like I'm even saying Miami even has a good deal. I'm just surprised that we sit here today when something needs to happen, right? He's coming off the pop. He's staying in Indianapolis. He's leaving Indianapolis, whatever it may be. And KB, we're sitting here and it's still just two teams. I guess that surprises me a little bit. How much is that because you can't just offer a trade. You seemingly have to appease him contractually. I, I mean, I, I guess you do. I mean, it, the narrative's You're been You're not floated. absorbing the Christian McCaffrey right. contract from last year. You've got to sit down. You have to get... I, I, I would say the hardest part of the Taylor trade is... Again, satisfying him contractually than it is coming up with a trade package. You you, you can sit there. Then that's his value. His value is two offers. Two teams right now are willing to even have that conversation with him. Because the contract is such an issue. Right. I I, I think that's where you're having this. Because Stephen Holder, and we'll have Stephen on, you know, as we do every Wednesday, we'll have him on tomorrow to provide any sort of clarity on whatever happens today by four o'clock. But I think Stephen originally said there are six teams Mm -hmm. that had interest. It was sixteen. Two had made those offers. Um, So, you know, are those six teams initially, are they saying, okay, you know, we have draft picks and we feel like Jonathan Taylor is a great player. So, okay, a second and a fourth. All right, that checks. And then they get to the actual offer, which again, the offer has to include you doing something with him contractually. At least that 
appears to be the what Taylor wants, kind of some of his at least you know, short term, long term. I, mean, I know it's been voted well. You can play him for one year, and you know, and then you can let him go. I'm just, I'm surprised it's just not. Hey, there's a third mystery team. Hey, there's a fourth mystery right. team. Something like that. The number's been two, and it's been two for an entire week. Yeah, I think it. It's several things. It's the running back position, how teams view it. It's probably a little bit of unknown of where he's at health wise. It's a little bit late in the off season, so like yeah, well, uh, you, absolutely, you, yeah. You, you can't readjust your blueprint, you know, things like that. Um, and then it's draft pick compensation plus finances. That, think- that, that's not always the case with trades, where you, you you have a dilemma internally of like, all right, what draft picks are we going to give up, and then mm-hmm. what are you going to do from a contractual standpoint? Because I'm sure. And this is my line of thinking. I've said this, you know, for years now. Don't draft a running back till day three. That's just my line of thinking. I assume there are some NFL teams that probably agree with that. Um, and so, if you agree with that, you're not going to want to give Jonathan Taylor that sort of contract. On top of that, too, there's been no notable running back injuries around the league either. There's no one's right. gone down for the season or anything. Yeah, you had the like, three oh, game man. suspension right. for right. Alvin Kamara, but yeah, you really didn't have that. a lot right. of running back. And they drafted a guy. Look, Keandre Miller. Yeah, they drafted a guy, like you said. Right. Okay. More on Taylor's situation. More on roster cut down day again. Four o'clock today. You'll have over 1,100 guys around the NFL um, get cut here by four o'clock. We'll chat with Joel A. Erickson from... Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between star on that next yeah yeah hour number two hanging out with you until 10 o'clock joel a erickson will join us coming up here in just a minute reminder we got you covered all the colts cuts the jonathan taylor news all day here on the fan querying company coming up at noon jmv at three o'clock and we're hanging out with you of course in the drive hubler.com studios well let's get him going joel a erickson joins us here uh, on this tuesday in the eight o'clock hour he's on the payless liquors hotline and he writes for the Indy Star. Joel, appreciate the time this morning. Uh, as you wake up this morning, something, the next step is going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. I'll ask you, what do you think as we sit here at 8.02 a.m.? I kind of think he's going to get traded. Uh, I just I just feel like if there's teams interested, the Colts are probably pretty frustrated with the way this has gone. He's, he's frustrated with the Colts. Generally, the only way that you, you get that frustration over with is to pay a player. They don't seem to be inclined to do that, which kind of leaves the – this kind of leaves the 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 last thing is, is to trade him. So, I, I, I mean, I, that, that might be a little bit of a <laughs> out-there prediction, but I kind of feel like he ends up getting traded. Joel, if you're the Colts, is there an element of you only keep him if you plan to have him past 2023? Well, there there should be just given the situation and and not wanting to go through this again. But the reality of the running back life is they if they keep him, they can always just franchise him, and he doesn't have a whole lot of options beyond that. Um, you know, other than other than doing you know other than other than more of a, a an overt holdout or whatever, it it's it just be more pain and agony. So. 
Um, it, it feels like it feels like yes, that if you're going to keep him, you keep him beyond 2023. But the way the the way the running back market is lately, it, they don't have to. They can just. They, I mean, they can keep him for 2024 as a franchise tag. But if he gets hurt again, then you can just say bye and um, and and wash your hands of the whole thing. He's Joel A. Erickson. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, I'm tired of talking about Jonathan Taylor, so I would like to move on if you don't mind. I'm um, sure he is as well. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I'm right there with I've been you here for seven shows and I'm tired of it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Four o'clock today again, roster cut downs. I have them keeping five tight ends. I don't know if that means a trade for Mo Ali Cox. Uh, of Mo Ali Cox at some point. I don't know if that means Jelani Woods to injured reserve to return after four games, but I have them keeping five. Is that way too high of a number? No, I, I actually have them keeping five as well. Oh, really? Um, Good. It's, it's, it's a position where, you know, if, if you're watching the special teams last Thursday night, um, Tylen Granson has kind of been the, the personal punt protector all, all, all off season. And, you know, Alec Ogletree was doing some coverage stuff. You know, Shane Steichen told us, like, those last, you know, receiver spots, tight end spots, what they do there was going to come down to special teams. And if you have two guys playing it, I think it helps you. Uh, I think it helps you maybe keep more of those guys. I don't see as many of those guys on at the wide receiver position. So I, I have them keeping five right now. Like like you said, there's some – there's some wiggle in that with Jelani Woods and, and Mo Ali Cox, and some of that stuff is hard to read. I mean, even even like the the center position, you know, they they waved Dakota Shepley, and I had him on my 53, I think, just because he played center and Danny Pinner had just gotten hurt, and uh, I thought Wesley French had a couple of bad shotgun snaps during camp. Like even reading that stuff is is a little bit hard. Um, I think. And you're, I know you're right there with me on this because we assume that whatever happens at 4 o'clock today is not going to be the final um, look no. at what the initial Colts roster is going to be. Especially on the O-line. Mm-hmm. Just a yeah. Fo- yeah, no, no. O-line more than any other spot. But yeah. I think there's a lot of spots that they could add. Yeah. Just to follow up on the tight end, if Jelani Woods were healthy, um, and maybe I should ask you how bad that hamstring issue is, but if if he were healthy and they felt like, you know, hey, he's had a good camp, he's had a good preseason, maybe he's going to take the next step, how, how would that change the way you guys are talking about tight ends? Would they not have five, do you think? I, I, think, it, I think it could lessen the need. I mean, Woods, in theory, plays the Dallas Goddard role, and Goddard played like... I can't remember what it is, but I think it's like 70% of the snaps for the Eagles uh, last year. So, in theory, it would it would lessen the need for some of those tight ends. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I, it's hard to tell. I, I don't really know with the hamstring exactly where it is. Um, you know, KB mentioned IR. If, if it's a really bad one, I, I you could do that because a really bad one, I think, is two months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, IR to return but, just to... Yeah, not, not right. IR for a season over, just to right. clarify. You would, you, would, you would carry him today and then place him on IR tomorrow is what you would do. Right. Uh, we hope baby Erickson, by the way. Baby boy Erickson is doing well. Joel, thank you for the time here on this Tuesday morning. Again, Joel A. Erickson with the star is with us. Um, okay, wide out. I think the first four names are pretty obvious. That would be Michael Pittman. That would be Alec Pierce. be Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Downs. Number five. I don't have them keeping a six. Number five is where you get into some debate. Um, is Mike Strawn healthy? 
And I went with Jawan Winfrey, but I really have no idea. I just threw a dart at a board there. Uh, is Mike Strawn healthy? What do you think about replacing Ashton Doolin? So that's the, the, the you you hit the nail on the head there. It's the the key is replacing Ashton Doolin, and that's 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 not just about wide receiver. That's about special teams as well. Kind of as I alluded to earlier, Strawn has not really played special teams in his Colts career, which is why I went with Juwan Winfrey um, at that spot. Now I think this is another spot where you could see a claim. Mm. You know, I I don't know who's I, I don't know who's. I haven't been paying attention to the other 31 teams, but there's probably a wide receiver out there who can do, you know, I don't know if there's anyone out there who can play gunner the way Ashton Doolin can, but, you know, is there a guy out there who gives you more on special teams? And then then I think maybe there's, there's a move there. I, I don't necessarily know that any of the wide receivers really jumped out at us. Like Usually there's a, a guy further down the depth chart that kind of flashes in camp, and it didn't really happen this year. Anybody who had like a good day it kind of went away after a couple days so I, I don't know if there's an obvious one there joel a erickson with us uh, he writes for the star he's hanging out with us on the pay less liquors hotline tuesday on the fans just as a follow-up i know jmv's been talking about this a lot i mean alex alec pierce um i, I don't know he kind of thought he would take a next step maybe not a great preseason go back to the bills game but not a great preseason in camp i don't know do you do you agree with that i think this is a guy they wanted to take maybe a little bit more of a step forward i guess i'm a little bit worried about him going into the season joel i i think that right now that's a little bit of an overreaction to preseason games is is my is my take on it i i thought alec pierce actually had a pretty decent camp um and uh, you know obviously the preseason games what everybody else sees we see all the all the practices but you know jim bob cooter was kind of saying like those preseason games are a small piece of a big uh, evaluation. That's kind of how it is for me. Like until until um, the regular season starts. Like we we still have him in regular season games last year, making catches against you know real NFL corners in contested catch situations. So I don't want to I don't want to uh, you know throw all that out based on the two preseason games. Joel, I have no undrafted free agent making the 53-man roster. Frankly, I didn't put too much thought into anybody. We saw the local native, Emil Ekior Jr., already get cut earlier this week, the Cathedral in Alabama product. He was probably the most popular name just after the draft, given he was a three-year starter at Bama and he was a play in a position of need. Uh, any undrafted guys that you see potentially carving out a spot? That's a good question. I think all the guys I have are guys who were like on the practice squad last year. Yeah, the guys which... who are like who are th- who are sort of like sleeper types, like Sagoon and Lowy and guys like that. I think they were on the practice squad last year, rather than being straight undrafted free agents. Which that's a little bit weird. That's a little bit strange considering you know we're talking about them adding a lot of waiver claims. Like usually those type of rosters are the ones where the undrafted free agents are showing up, um, but. They also they also did sort of stuff the back end of the roster with a lot of these guys who are like they've been in the NFL for a little bit, you know. Last one for me, Joel. Uh, in the in the answer might be offensive line, but what unit or maybe what player or a few players do you think didn't have much uh, didn't get much sleep last night and may not here for the next day or two with the waivers and everything else? Oh, offensive line for sure. Yeah, tight end. Um, I think I think if you're a running back, you don't know exactly what's going on outside of Zach Moss and 
in some of those guys. I think maybe you're 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 kind of wondering, but um, yeah, offensive line, tight end, tight end, just because you know there's a lot of guys on there who can play NFL football, and you're you're going, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Um, so yeah, I, I think those two spots. Joel, thanks for the time, man. Hope baby Erickson's doing okay, and um, we will see you, I guess, tomorrow out at Colts practice. He's, he's doing good. He just hung on and slept a little longer than I thought he would this morning. <laughs> yeah, all been there. Andy's welcome in, kid number yeah. one here in a few months, so yeah. he's getting a nice little dose of it right now. <laughs> thanks, Joel. Appreciate it, man. Yep, yep. Thanks for having me on, guys. That's Joel A. Erickson right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Three boys in the Erickson Is that what it household. is? Three boys. That's a busy that's a that's a busy morning right there. We'll see if we can arrange marriage, <laughs> the three boys with the three girls of the Dighton household. It'd be a superpower family. <laughs> yeah. Like Game of Thrones. Indianapolis media Game of Thrones. <laughs> I you know, I wanted to ask him, but obviously I know Joel's dealing with, with, with a lot. The last question I had was just, okay, where do you see some of the waiver wire activity? come 4 o'clock today into tomorrow. And again, just to refresh everybody on how this process works, if you've played in the league for four years or less and you get cut today, you're exposed to waivers. And so that means starting at 4 o'clock today through I think it's noon tomorrow, teams can put in waiver claims. So if Andy Sweeney is cut from the Chicago Bears and I'm Chris Ballard, as long as the teams that drafted one, two, and three, the three worst teams besides the Colts from last season, as long as they pass on you, if I put in a claim, I get you. You're on my 53-man roster. Now, I've got to make a move mm-hmm. to do that, but let's go back to Chris Boward history. In his six years as general manager, Andy, he has executed eight cut down trades and I'd consider that like right now like today in this general area of you're cutting a guy we're cutting a guy we like your guy you like our guy let's just trade him so he's done eight trades in six years well we can do the math there that would mean a trade is probably possible Mm -hmm. if not likely yeah the odds say that could happen today it should happen today he's made 12 waiver claims in his six years and if you look at when staff changes have occurred Andy, his first year as GM, he looked at Chris Boward's, uh, he looked at Ryan Gregson's roster and laughed at it, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. He made five waiver claims in that first year. The next year, when they went from Chuck Pagano to Frank Reich, they made a pair of waiver claims. And again, these seasons, it's not like they had the fourth waiver priority like they do right now. So they have a very high waiver priority. So a lot of teams are not necessarily going to you know, jump you or have a better chance at getting these players. So considering the staff change to Steichen, considering where they're at waiver priority-wise, obviously four wins, I would guess they have at least a couple, if not three or four, waiver claims here in the next 24 hours. Again, running back, wide out, tight end, uh, probably not tight end, running back, wide out, O-line, you know, corner, those are some of the positions I'm watching. And just in general, if you had some of these guys ranked high in the draft, and all of a sudden... Well, sure, they, that's the point, yeah. They get cut by a team. Like, let's yeah. say whatever. You've got a team out there that cuts a fourth-round pick. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the you Colts, had a high grade on And the Colts them. had them, you know, 89th or 102nd on their draft board. They might say, that's a position that we're deep at. But you know what? We would have taken them in round four, round five. Let's go ahead and do something like that. I go back to this story I'll share, Andy, and then I'll... Let you chime in. Back in 2017, um, the Colts were coming off a four-win season. Um, Chris Bauer had just taken over for uh, Ryan Ryan Grigson, and K 
Kenny Moore became available. Patriots cut Kenny Moore. And Ballard, as you see with the draft, he has a pretty strict, strict guideline at corner. You need length. You mm-hmm. need height. That mm-hmm. is almost a must. Well, Kenny Moore at 5'9 doesn't give you that. Um, but Kevin Rogers, one of the pro scouts for the Colts, um, late tonight, tonight is when they'll all sift through this film of all these guys that are out there and try to see who to put in waiver claims for. So five, six years ago tonight, it was Kevin Rogers saying to Chris Ballard, Look, I know he doesn't meet your standard or what our standard is, but look at his wingspan. His wingspan makes up for a lack of height, this and that. He's super instinctual. We feel like he can play a slot corner. We know in a Matt Eberflus defense, that's really, really important. All of those things, boom, they make a waiver claim for Kenny Moore. After a lot of convincing, Ballard was very reluctant, but listen to Kevin Rogers, and boom, you see how that's turned out. So those are some of the conversations that the Colts are going to have here in the next 12 to 24 hours. Uh, right now, I'm looking at CBS Sports, and you know who knows how updated this is. Uh, can you guess the teams that have made very, very little movement on cutting players. You know, I mean, obviously, you look at the Chicago Bears, uh, Mark's team there, you know, they've they've already listed about 15 guys or so. The Dallas Cowboys right now on their list, on their live running list on CBS, the Cowboys have only ditched two guys. The Bengals have only cut one guy so far, <laughs> supposedly. Did you guys happen to see the Belichick clip yesterday on why... I think the Patriots have started to cut guys, yeah, and, and basically his explanation of why they they do cuts a little bit earlier. I no. found this interesting. No, know, what did he say? Belichick can kind if you ask him like about the history of Navy football, or if you ask him about like the you know why special teams matters in a game, he'll, he'll talk for oh, four yeah. or five. I was minutes in an elevator it. with Belichick. Oh really? yeah, really said a hello to Belichick. Yeah, was that a it was that it was at a Louisville football game. I cannot remember who they played. Is he there scouting? I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, huh? yeah, I think so. He what was fam- his response? He, uh, he was just, ooh, 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 just 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 here watching football. That was it. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like very yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're here watching football. You're not <laughs> yeah. chugging beer in the right, crowd yeah. like the yeah, rest exactly. of us. We know you're uh-huh. here watching Oh, I thought skin. you heard about the tailgate scenes here and <laughs> yeah. wanted to come to Louisville. He had a he had a family connection there. Anyway, go ahead. What did he say? So he basically explained, like, from a logistical standpoint, he's like, I don't we want to do all of these in person. I don't want to cut thirty seven guys at the final hour. And he's like a couple of other okay. reasons. These guys have worked really hard. We want to make sure we're in good standing with their agents moving forward. For a veteran guy like Kenyon Drake for the Colts, right. for example, who they cut on, what was that, Sunday or Monday? You do that, and it's not like it's going to come down to the wire, and you allow Kenyon Drake to get a head start on what the next landing spot is for him. So I think those are some of the reasons why you see teams you know, say, all right, it's 90-53. to 53. We know what 90 to 75 looks like. Let's just cut those 15 right. guys and then we'll, we'll we'll get to Tuesday and we'll sift through that a little bit more. Um I I wanted to bring up and Jim asked this on on, on Twitter to us Andy. Jim goes, "What are your thoughts on Alec Pierce?" I disagree with Joel. I saw no hands in separation against second string defenses. That absolutely concerns me. Well, that's why I asked because other shows here have been talking about Alex no, Pierce. Super been relevant. About Alec Pierce. Super relevant question there. Alec Pierce has been targeted four times in the preseason and has zero catches. That obviously is a- a- an issue. Um, you know, Joel and I watched the same number of training camp practices. I can certainly echo what Joel said in that Alec Pierce has had a lot of moments in practice. And you would think, and Colts fans watch Alec Pierce as a rookie. Did he struggle on underneath routes? Certainly. Did he struggle to create separation 
in those you know moments of an you know what an eight yard in or you know a little slant play something like that definitely but where Pierce makes an impact is his ability to kind of climb the ladder show off his volleyball you know background and an incredible family of athletes climb the ladder and make a play and that is what Pierce did at times in camp and that seems to fit the Anthony Richardson strength so I have some definite questions about him running a full route tree continuing to ascend as a wideout, um, being a reliable guy, again, on a third and four where you don't need the deep ball. Can you just win tight man coverage? I have questions there. But to Joel's point, I think Pierce showed last year, if you chuck it up to him outside the numbers, you've got a chance to hit on a big play. I mean, how many times did Pierce either draw pass interference penalty or come down to the ball? So that's where I think Pierce offers you a high floor in that given Richardson's ability to throw the ball vertically and Pierce's strength of going up and getting it, those plays should still be there. Now, if those all of a sudden go away, now we've got major questions. But if he can give you whatever, a catch for 30 yards here or there, or draw a big pass interference penalty, that still helps you out. Is that enough to be a second wideout? Well, that's the question, right? When you're number one wideout, we have debate on if he's number one wideout? No. But again, he can give you something there. So, I'm not ready to say by any means that Pierce is you know, taking a step forward from a, again, full route tree and those sorts of things. You know, he had a couple moments where we were in the gray area with, was that a Richardson fastball? Should Pierce have caught it? We had a couple of those moments in camp as well. But again, outside the numbers, given Richardson's ability to throw the ball down the field, I still think you got something there. Yeah, what's what's difficult, uh, and you guys followed this so damn close, and I understand that. What's difficult is last year, Matt Ryan was on the team. (laughs) I mean, mean, the offense is... Mark, play the audio. (laughs) I mean, if if Pierce were on a team that may be a little bit better offensively last year... Who did the Colts uh, have last year, Oh, boy. What did Frank Reich say at halftime? I want to know what he's searching right now. We have Matt Ryan. (laughs) So background on that audio, yeah, Andy, okay? Please help me. Who, um, who Col- is that? Mark Colts Titans, right? Yep, Tracy Wolfson, I believe. Oh, okay. Colts Titans yep. at halftime. Um, Colts are down in the game <laughs> and coming out of, of halftime. I think it was I think they were shut out, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was thirteen nothing at halftime. I'm looking right now. It was thirteen nothing at halftime. What a great me- what a great that's a great memory by you. Mike Vrabel is like acting like they're down thirteen nothing in <laughs> right. his halftime. Of course report. he is. Yeah. Frank Reich is saying, "Well, we have Matt Ryan." I'm thinking, "Wait, is he meaning we have Matt Ryan? That's why we're down thirteen he, nothing." He's trolling, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he was trolling. There. We have Matt Ryan. <laughs> And like Mike Vrabel was pissed that they were like pissed. they were winning and he was oh, yeah. mad and then Frank Reich's losing he's like well we got Matt Ryan we're fine oh boy I'm trying to look when okay that game was hang on let me go back to 2022 like October late October something like that, that yeah that, I, yeah. I so remember it was, only, it was only game four at that point and the Colts were they were one one and one so at that point the season wasn't over yet so it, it was, was not over tr- at halftime well yeah I remember yeah. saying that on Monday being like this sums up the culture with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee and Frank Reich in Indy. <laughs> And that might have been unfair of me to say. I, I don't know. I think the resume would indicate that uh, there's some validity <laughs> to making a statement like that. Uh, Michael asks about Mike Strong. Could you comment on him? Uh, the biggest, fastest, strongest receiver we have in year three. I, I don't know if I would say that. Mike Strong, uh, 
I'm giving him the scissors, Andy. I just yeah. I mean, no one has him making the team. He's banged up, right? doesn't play special teams. You know, he's played 200 snaps in the NFL, and he's got what four catches, five catches at this point. If Mike Strawn, there's something there, I think we'd see it. Yeah, he high points some balls and makes some individual one-on-one plays in practice, but um, I don't see it enough. Uh, you know who he reminds me of, and this is going to be a name where I, this is this is self-serving. Okay, no one, no one in Indianapolis or listening wherever you're listening on our many streaming devices is going to know this name. There's a gentleman that the Giants drafted years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago. KB, his name was Ramses Barden, and oh, he, sure. he, do you remember old Ramses? I mean, he was. I remember the name. He I was don't like know anything six, about his he, he was like six six, and it was remember when the Plaxico Burris was the the big thing and. Everyone had these big, tall, wide receivers. Remember Braylon Edwards? Yeah. Remember Braylon oh, Edwards yeah. had a couple contracts, and he was very much in the news. He had these big, strong, wide receivers. It was the same time where everyone was obsessed with getting a basketball player and making him a tight end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was that exact same time. The Giants got Ramsey's Barney at 29 catches. <laughs> he never could do anything. That reminds me of him. Yeah, and again, day three, small school, COVID year, 6-5, wide out. I get the intrigue. Exactly. You know, I, I understand. And I'm fine. I'm not blaming. I mean, I'm not like ripping the Colts for the draft. Pick. He's a six round pick. Take a flyer on him and see what happens here. But yeah, that again, the fifth wideout for me is very wide open. But I, I don't have him making the team. We'll continue to get into these sorts of scenarios. Take a look at the 90 man roster where the Colts um, have some room for flexibility here and what they're going to do on cut down day again coming up at 4 o'clock for those that's missed the latest on Jonathan Taylor we'll update you on that end and again is this a hard deadline at 4 o'clock soft deadline we'll touch on that as well before we get into all of that let's do a morning check the morning check down on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan yeah, let's start in baseball. Hate to say it. Let's start with the Cubs. Cubs losers to the Brewers. Sorry, Mark. 6-2. Thank you for we're, not leaning off of the rest. Yeah, we're being nice to KB today. Uh, it's going to be a long day. Why? Why are uh, we being nice I, to KB? You know what? I don't have a reason for that. Sometimes you just do things and you don't have a reason. Really? Rosie Bowen was asking about you. That's calling, exactly what it is. Calling you my new friend. There you go. It's very nice. Do they listen a lot? Does the family listen to the show? I believe Maddie tries to okay. play the show in the 10-minute drive to um, school, but... I'm sure there are some mo- mornings where Rosie's saying music. No, my yeah. favorite song right now is the yeah. Notre Dame fight song, and I want to hear it. <laughs> damn song. Uh, Giants over damn the... Damn song. We heard that song a lot on Saturday. Uh, Thank I, you very much. Yes, you did. Uh, Giants over the Reds, well, 4-1. Are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? Uh, at least the Diamondbacks Bring lost. Bring Mark in a nice six-pack of beer, a nice October-ish feel, football season yeah. feel to it. He has not offered us any of those beers, and this is where we're at. Well, he wants to drink all six of them. I don't blame him. I'm just watching the Reds, like, standings just lower and lower in the NL wild card race. It's okay. Uh, Reds-Cubs, by the way, coming yep. up this this weekend. You want to go double We've got beer on the line for that, do we not? I thought we, we made a bet for the yeah, final yeah. seven. Go ahead and fill Andy in on this. But you so, guys have so many bets. I, know. I, I feel left out because I'm the ga- I feel like I'm the gambling guy on the show and I don't have any bets going on right now. So, Mark, now. was that a three-game series? 
or no, a four? We, no, we made it. Uh, there was a three-game series. I think and the it, Cubs are up 2-1, right? Yes. So and we then, got seven uh, total games, and these seven are the final Seven games four. the rest of the way. So I'm down 2-1. Uh-huh. So I need a sweep to win. It's a big much. weekend. Uh-huh. That's a big weekend. Red's now one and a half games back. Uh, but, you know, Diamondbacks lost. The Giants did win. The Cubs lost, so they got some help there. Also, in Red's land, they uh, activated outfielder Stuart Fairchild, but they put uh, McLean on the IL yeah. with an oblique strain. If you know baseball players or athletes in the oblique, I mean, he's done for how many weeks? McLean greater yeah, than Fairchild. I, I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the oblique uh, is a thing you do not want to hear your, you know, your favorite baseball player has. Uh, nothing. That was a nice swoosh there, yeah. Mark. Uh, nothing bleak about Team USA's performance yesterday against Greece, particularly when Tyrese Halliburton got in the game in typical Halliburton fashion throughout this run through the World Cup. Um, he helped spark a big-time bench effort as they kind of blew that game open, won by 28, I believe was the final score, over Greece. Here was Tyrese Halliburton afterwards. On the bench roll, he is fully embraced with Team USA. When you wear this uniform, you know, when you play for Team USA, it's so much bigger than you. Uh, so you got to understand that and understand the legends that have came off the bench before us. Uh, we're no better than them. So, uh, you know, you got to understand it and understand that that's part of building a culture here for Team USA. Um, and they've been able to do that over the last, you know, however many years. And so we're just going to continue that. It clearly Halliburton recalls a Carmelo Anthony performance off the bench or a Dwayne Wade performance off the bench in in Olympics, and obviously it's a huge part of why you know or how Team USA has been able to have the you know resurgence that they've had of getting these guys to buy in to like no 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 I mean if you come off the bench you can have these huge roles for us on such an international stage. Team USA is moving on in the World Cup. They'll play their final group stage against Jordan coming up. 4.40 a.m. tomorrow morning. Jordan's best player, by the yeah. way. I, I was going to look up what the uh, DraftKings line was. Go ahead. Yeah. Jordan's best player <laughs> through the tournament. I, I would think you will recall oh. this name in the NBA. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Abs- uh, Arizona, right? Yeah, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was he a net at one point? I, I, I don't know. I think he... they drafted him pretty high, didn't they? Um, he is absolutely dominating the tournament for Jordan. So I don't know if Team USA is going to go box and one on Rondé Hollis Jefferson, but <laughs> what do you think um, the spread is? I'll say th- I'm torn between 38 and 41. You're very close. 42 and a half. That's on DraftKings. 42 and a half. I might take Jordan plus 42. Can I buy the hook? 43. That's my. That might be what. That might be what I'm doing. Yeah. So, honey, how you doing? You know. I, I, all right, are you hanging in there down there? I'm going to wake up at 4.40 tomorrow because I got a big bet on the USA-Jordan game. Sometimes it's better not watching your bets. Uh, you might do better. Uh, quickly, Indians and Buffalo tonight. That's 7.05. We talked about this earlier. Isaiah Rogers picked up by the Eagles, so he'll sit for at least a season, and we'll see what happens there with their aging cornerbacks. In a non-Jonathan Taylor trade, what are the odds of that happening today? We'll touch on that on the other side. Again, roster cutdowns coming up by 4 o'clock today for the Colts. We'll dive deeper into that on the other side. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy on a gorgeous Tuesday here in Indy. Andy, I gotta laugh. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
you hear the uh, Tom <laughs> Allen clip there with JMV about not revealing his yeah. starting quarterback. I thought I was getting punked yesterday on Twitter. Uh, we're hoping to have Zach Osterman on, join us here later in the week, talk about the Indiana football season and upcoming here. Uh, Tom Allen, I believe, said yesterday in his press conference that he was not going to reveal who won the kicking job. Okay, listen, I want to be nice to Tom Allen, but come on. I just, I'm the new guy. I want to be nice to Tom Allen, but what are we doing here, I, right? I can I mean, come assure on. you. Come on, man. I can assure you of two things. I can't assure you of much. I can assure you of two things. Ryan Day is not losing one wink of sleep worrying about who is starting a quarterback for Indiana on Saturday at 3.30. Do you think he is do you think the special teams coordinator for the Ohio State Buckeyes is worried about who starts a kicker for Indiana? Okay, so quarterback, uh, even though it's silly, quarterback's like, okay, who are they going to run out there first? And maybe there's a quarterback who's a pocket passer, and maybe there's a quarterback, you know, a, a guy who's a little bit more mobile, who's a runner. A left-footed and so, or right-footed yeah, kicker yeah, here. But, but here's the thing, but, but I have never... In your football life, no, Kevin never, Bowen, never. have you ever had the we're going to keep under wraps who our starting kicker is? No. Ever. Like, I mean, high school, peewee football, Yeah, we've got Todd Yagley, star defender on the men's <laughs> soccer team that we've been training to be our kicker, and he's our secret weapon from 60 yards. I just think that I just think right now Tom Allen needs to lean completely into it and just do this with the entire roster. <laughs> Mark Stoops at Kentucky does a lot of oars. There'll be like thirteen oars. It's like so you don't know who you don't know who's starting anywhere on your roster. Basically, is always the question. That's what Tom Allen needs to do. It just needs to be a so bunch of oars. oars. Twenty-two oars. Be a man up, Tom Allen. Do it. You might as well. You've already done it with a couple positions. Just do it with the rest of them. So Ohio State going to play two quarterbacks on Saturday? They have not revealed, right? Who they have gone with? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Is this a Big Ten thing? What's going on? Like, I love that. Here's the funniest thing. Like, Georgia came out and it's like, here's our quarterback. <laughs> like, Georgia's able to do it. You know, the team that's trying to three-peat and not, yeah. you know, lose a game yeah. for the third consecutive yeah, Notre season. Notre Dame announced Sam Hartman. Yeah. I think it was late in the spring. Tyler Buckner transfers the next day. You know, I... I Alabama, they announced their starter yeah. yesterday. I mean, if Nick Saban's yeah. announcing it. Again, if Kirby Smart and Nick Saban can do it, I'm pretty Not sure Tom announcing Allen. announcing your kicker? <laughs> this kicker better be good. <laughs> If he misses of all a big the things kick. we will remember of the Tom Allen era, I think not announcing his week one kicker might be atop the list. For those that missed it, we got a little Purdue insight earlier in the show. That'll be up on the podcast again. Week one in earnest for college football beginning uh, this weekend. Noon kickoff for the Boilers. You can hear Indiana and Ohio State over on WIBC. 2.30, the coverage with Don Fisher. Begins there uh, to take on the number three ranked Buckeyes. Can I ask you one more college football thing sure. before we move on? I know you have an article up. Uh, Want to talk about cuts, Jonathan Taylor? We have an hour and twenty minutes here. Uh, you know, obviously, we don't think anything's going to happen until later on today. We'll have you covered all day here on the fan. Do Notre you, Dame, Tennessee State breakdown. Is that where you're going? You know, come on, you, come on. Do you know who Kenny Dillingham is? Kenny Dillingham, the you, uh, head coach of the Sun Devils. Oh my God! How did you know that? That's impressive, Mark. You didn't know that, did you? No idea. Okay. So that's what I was thinking. Well, I heard him. You know, Arizona, Arizona State put themselves on, uh, you know, probation. They took themselves out of a bowl game this year. And you can insert whatever joke there because Arizona State, you know, are they going to be good enough to make a bowl game and everything yeah. else? But that's not why I bring it up. Herm Edwards is on ESPN. You play to win no, the game. But, but Herm Edwards was the coach that has, you know, I all know. the sanctions at Arizona yeah. State, and he's at ESPN talking football. 
Kenny Dillingham to say he was fired up yesterday <laughs> would be an understatement. And, and I get it. I mean, he's like, we found out at, at 6.30 a.m. Yeah, this morning, and I had to tell our guys right before we came out to practice that they will not have a bowl or not be eligible to play in a bowl game this year. Yeah, awful. I, uh, and all, Herm all, Edwards is talking football, KB, on ESPN. Obviously, there will be zero punishment. Herm Edwards is never going to coach in college football ever again. Um, so, yeah, zero anyway. punishment on that end of it. And then the president the AD drops this news. Like, now, I, I just, yeah. yeah oh, hey, yeah. And, again, you can insert your joke about what bowl games mean for sure. some guys. But, you know, for a program like Arizona State, I mean, imagine telling Purdue or Indiana right now, um, you know, you cannot play in a bowl game for a team that is – desperately trying to win six or seven games in a season, that's a huge deal. By the way, uh, double-barreled right now. NFL Network just did something on Jonathan Taylor. They're going to go to uh, Ian Rappaport here sooner rather than later. And then ESPN, Dan uh, Graziano is doing the exact same thing right now. So if you're waking up today, uh, hopefully with us, it's 840. I mean, you have a, you turn on the TV, it's going to be a lot of Jonathan Taylor here for the next little bit. You know, and I'll go back to that question that I threw at, at Joel Erickson of... If you are not, if your plans are not to have him around for 2024 and 2025, why delay the inevitable? You know, maybe there is an ounce of you that says, okay, let's go back to the Mark Dykton point he brought up earlier in the show. We haven't had the running back injury yet this offseason. Maybe you get to late September, early early October, that running back injury occurs, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got something a little bit more. Now, Devil's Advocate would say you, that also means that team's getting, getting Jonathan Taylor for a lot less in season than maybe right. they would be getting for a, a, a full season. But I think that's the question you have to ask yourself if you're the Colts. How much of this distraction, negative attitude, hanging cloud, all of that, how much do you want that around? Because the, the Colts have said that, that they have a deadline at 4 o'clock today. Andy, there's no trade deadline until October 31st. Right. It's so, ama- it's imaginary. Yeah, right. So, it's I imaginary. Mean, you can call it a deadline, but it's self-imposed and it's a soft deadline. You know, the only deadline at four o'clock today is is he staying on pup and missing the first four games, or is he coming off the pup list? That is the news we're gonna find out. So we'll get some answer today. But I think that's the question you ask yourself if you are the Colts. Do we want him here long-ish term slash is the distraction worth it? Because I tend to believe that these sides continue to be beyond dug in. Yeah, but and d- I don't see in a snap of a fingers all of a sudden an extension happening like the Colts have done before. Because the Colts have done extensions just before the start of the regular season. Naheem Hines, I believe, was the weekend of the opener. Quentin Nelson, I think, was the weekend of the opener. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say Ryan Kelly was right around this early September time. They've done that. I just don't see that happening at all. And unless that happens, I don't think you're getting a happy job on the table. Well, they also, I mean, do they, I mean, the question, it goes back to, we talked about this and we'll do, you know, listen, we have an hour and 20 minutes to continue talking about Jonathan Taylor here on the fan. But I mean, to me, do they, you know, what are the offers? Do they want to be embarrassed if it comes out and they got just a third rounder? You know, I mean, do they want to be embarrassed, KB, if 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 they didn't get the haul? I mean, I'm just I'm I mean, just throwing that out there. You you're you're asking the question. Aren't you embarrassed already that a guy on the side of your building who you have thought would be a core player for you and he's the third player to demand a trade in the last 12 months from your organization? Like that to me is embarrassing enough. Going four twelve, like you, yeah, going four and twelve, yeah. You can't play the embarrassment game. You can't play the statement game. You have got to do 
everything you can to help Richardson. And if for some reason you don't think Jonathan Taylor should be a part of that, fine. You trade him and then you get return on him as best you can and you move forward. And now, if Jonathan Taylor is traded today, Andy, we talk about it for the next week or so, but like Shane Steichen doesn't field questions on that once you get in season. Anthony Richardson doesn't field questions on that once you get in season. Chris Bauer to have a press conference tomorrow. And that's it. And that's it. So like, time heals. And and like, once you get into Jacksonville week, now the Taylor thing is gone. And as crazy and as weird as the Jim Irsay comment was a month ago about if I and Jonathan Taylor died tonight, the NFL would move on. Again, it sounded very odd and very weird. <laughs> I mean, technically yeah, he's right. Like, I mean, technically he is he's, right. Yeah, I mean, he is right. I don't know what to, but I mean, yeah, it's like well, you didn't need to say it. Uh, is the Taylor thing gone if he goes somewhere else? And I think you're going to be able to to set this aside. I don't know if I would be able to do it, and I'm certain that there are fans out there listening today that will not be able to do it. Hell, there's probably guys in this office, KB, that won't. Uh, and what I mean is, if he goes somewhere and balls out. You know, the, the, yeah, the, we will bring it up, but I don't think it's like well, Chris all of Ballard a sudden, won't be asking you. You know, won't get questions it, about it, but fans won't be happy. No, I mean, but again, that is outside of your building. Right now, it is inside of your building. Taylor is at practice, like he's in these meeting rooms. You know, how do players not look at him and be like, "Oh gosh, is he going to play?" Like, where are things? You know, at with. With all of that, Hines was uh, was signed September 10th, so that's a day before the season. Yeah. He was signed on a Saturday before the uh, the opening game. You're right. Him and Nelson, I think, were both yeah. very similar around those dates. Now, let's go back to the Hines trade from last year, Andy. For those thinking, okay, you know, are we going to get something at noon today? Are we going to get something at two o'clock? Chris Ballard, I would say, in the history of his roster cuts, he has milked this thing to four o'clock pretty much every year. And I get it. Like, if other teams are going to release their cuts and make them public, you want to know who's out there. Okay. Oh, wow. Jacksonville cut those wideouts? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we can cut these because we can make a waiver claim, you know, for, for those guys. Um, the Naheem Hines trade last year, which again, what, a fifth rounder uh, in Zach Moss, what they got in return, that was like just past the four o'clock trade deadline when it became official. So I would assume that. Honestly, for what Jake and James today, they're not going to get anything from. <laughs> well, from, no, it's it, JM, JMV's going to get the good stuff. He will get. That's what's going to happen. The gold. Um, something to monitor today, though, non Jonathan Taylor news. I think there is certainly something today to keep an eye on. And again, tomorrow from a roster activity standpoint, we'll explain more on the other side and the latest from a national perspective on Jonathan Taylor. Good Tuesday morning to you. Beautiful outside wake-up call. KB and Andy, 93.5, The Fan. Got you covered all day. We have another hour and change, but we got you covered all day. Colts cuts. Jonathan Taylor, what's going to happen? Query and company at noon. JMV. JMV going to get the good stuff at 4 o'clock. You know he is. He's going to get the good stuff. You heard the promo there. We have lots of college football coming up the next few days as well. Florida and Utah, that's going to be on Thursday. Right here on the fan. Virginia, Tennessee on Saturday. West Virginia, Penn State uh, on Saturday as well. It feels like football outside. And God bless football. 
football college back and then the NFL next week. A lot's happening. Uh, waiver wire, 53-man rosters. Uh, you know, everything's being cut right now. You have a piece up on the site, 1075.com, uh, thefan.com. Go ahead. You, you, you tease something. Go ahead. What do you want to get to here in the final couple minutes of the hour? Yeah, I think something to watch today, again, Chris Ballard-wise, non-Jonathan Taylor division would be trades. Um, eight times in six years, Chris Ballard has made a cut-down trade. Probably the most notable of that being Philip Dorsett for Jacoby Brissett mm-hmm. um, back in, I guess, 2017. Would that have been... Um, it's a good trade, by the way. But, you know, last year you look at what... Or, yeah, Grant Stewart, who, you know, for those that watch the preseason, that would be linebacker number 41 who had the crazy hair flying around. You traded a late-round pick for him. So I think that'll be something to keep an eye on today. Um, again, there's been eight of those in Ballard six years. And then as you look into tomorrow, he's made 12 waiver claims in six years. The most notable of that being Kenny Moore, Pierre Desir was another one, al Muhammad. So there's been names of guys that have come here and been starters for you. And again, your waiver claim priority now is fourth in the NFL based off how bad you were last season. So you have a great chance to, you know, make more waiver claims just based off other teams not being above you. So I think those are some things to watch. Um one thing I wanted to mention with roster cuts, it's a new rule change this year, and the NFC title game I think was a big reason why <laughs> we saw San Francisco be decimated a quarterback in that game. This year you can dress a third quarterback in a game, and he basically will be in emergency need only. Yep. And it doesn't count against your game day roster. So, not to bore people too much with numbers, but how it works is this: you got fifty three guys on your game uh, on your uh, roster each week. Forty six of them can dress on game day. You have seven inactives. Well, you can still dress forty six, and then have that emergency quarterback that if. Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew get hurt. Boom, Sam Ellinger can come into the game. I assume that means good news for Sam Ellinger. I have Ellinger absolutely. Yeah. Now, again, he's got to make your 53-man roster. But just given how quarterback injuries happen, Ellinger has always been a great pro. He, you know, by all accounts, he you know, can do some scout team stuff from a dual threat nature if you would ever want that. Um, I think it makes sense to keep Ellinger around. Maybe Shane Sykin will say, hey, no, I'm more intrigued by whatever. You know, I saw Max Duggan just got cut, the TCU quarterback. Maybe there's somebody else out there that Shane Sykin will want, but I think it makes a lot of sense, and it's worth a spot on your 53-man roster to have an extra quarterback, and then on game day you can dress him without that counting against anything. So that's a new rule change here uh, this season. I'm trying I'm trying to think who who would not do this. I feel like teams are are going to do this, right? Yeah, the I mean, majority of teams again, unless your roster you just think is absolutely a gold mine everywhere, which quarterback means too much. And, and you know, Andy, I might look at it more of like how Dallas is viewing Trey Lance. You know, it sounds like Cooper Rush is going to be the backup. So they're yeah. kind of sitting here and saying it's our stash. We can stash him, still have him on game day, and then okay, if something happens with Dak, that's where you go. Uh, this is a name cut, in my opinion. Okay. Of note. Um, Here we go. Let's he go. He was not on my 53-man roster. I talked about it just a few minutes ago. Why? Um, Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network. The Colts are waving Mike Strong. Yeah, we talked about that, what, 30 minutes ago or so. So Winfrey gets the spot there, you think? I, 
He I have to, right? Not a hundred percent. Like, or they go get somebody else. Yes, yeah, I think that, that could be a way. That's you know, it. Amari Rogers is a name that that they could go with. Again, I have Winfrey for now. I mean, hell, they could only keep four if they wanted to, Andy, and just say we'll find some white out in the waiver wire circuit. But again, it is of no surprise to me that Mike Strawn got cut. He got banged up. Uh, in that joint practice with the Bears, Mark, I think you and I were actually standing there when he got hurt, mm-hmm. coming down with that one-on-one ball. Um, that plays into it, and he's just never carved out a special teams role. And Shane Sykin and Chris Ballard have been very vocal. If you're going to be a fifth or sixth wideout, we can't just keep you around if you don't impact on special teams. Because you already got four guys that are going to play a lot of snaps, and that would be Michael Pittman. Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, and Isaiah McKenzie. So uh, this is of name recognition and note and training camp darling. That's the only reason why this is of, of note. Why do you think he was 855 today in that 355? I mean, we didn't think we were going to get one new one one newsworthy cut today from the Indianapolis Colts. And yeah, look at us. And, and I guess, does this go back to kind of the Belichick comment I was making earlier of, you know, there are guys that you just want to say, hey, thank you for your service. Maybe you have an agent that has a lot of clients. That has a lot of guys, yeah. <laughs> that we like, yeah. so this gets you a head start in trying to find that next home. So, again, that news from NFL Network that Mike Strawn has been cut. If you look at my 53-man roster, the latest on that, again, I've got five wideouts, the big four I just mentioned, and then Juwan Winfrey was my fifth. He's played in the league for four or five years. He's got a little special teams history. But, Andy, I'll be totally honest. I had a feeling Strawn would not make it, but the Winfrey is pretty much just a dart at the board. Yeah, you can go find that piece up uh, at 107. The fi- uh, why, why am I messing this site? I've messed the site up three times today. 1075thefan.com. Boom, you got it. I, I mean, I didn't get it. I messed it up three times. I even went to say it again because I knew I messed it up on the intro, and I and I still messed it up. Now, what are we going to do, Mark, if if KB gets the, gets the most right in the entire area on the 53-man contest? cuts like I would have to go and look at at Erickson and go look at Holder and go look at all these guys and compare them all do we have an intern around here maybe (laughs) I didn't think so you guys have interns do we we get interns at one point summer summer interns right we only get summer interns around here summer interns is usually (laughs) our specialty a quick little rundown here that 2021 draft Mike Strawn has been cut Again, Sean Davis, the fifth-round pick out of Florida. The other names, you know, entering some critical years. Quiddy Pay round one, Dio Dangbo round two, uh, no round three pick. That was the Julian Blackman trade, mm. I believe, or maybe that was the Wentz third-round pick. Of why you didn't have that. Kylan Granson fourth round again. Sam Ellinger and Will Fries day three. So. Uh, Quiddy Pay, huge year. Dio Dangbo, huge year. Kylan Granson will make the team. Uh, important year for him as well. I'm just throwing this name out there. Mike Garofalo of uh, you know NFL Network and other people are throwing this out there. The Chargers are waving offensive lineman Zach Bailey. Uh, I guess he had a pretty good preseason. He is, he is expected to be claimed. So I don't know. I'm just throwing out a name of somebody who could be on Chris Ballard's list at some point. And it's an offensive lineman. And we know they have absolutely no depth at offensive line and very little experience. So there you go. I, I don't know. Zach Bailey played for the Chargers. I mean, Joel and I talked about that earlier, Andy, of, again, O-line is a must on the waiver wire. I've talked about it since really the Danny Pinter injury last Thursday. If you look right now, if I were going to pencil in six, seven, eight, Andy, nine on that depth chart for the O-line, I think it's three of the guys, three of the four depth guys never played a snap in the NFL, and the fourth one is a seventh-round pick who hasn't played since 2020. 
I don't think there are many teams around the league that would get to roster cuts and six, seven, eight, nine on their O line depth sheet would have no guys that have played a snap in the league the last two years. Yeah, they're going to do something at offensive line. Yeah. You would imagine. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, and they on. have found a Mark Glowinski. They found at, at at waiver cut down. Like they have found some names. Again, it's depth, but we know with O line attrition, usually have to rely. On that. Again, we'll continue to keep you updated if any other names leak as we got, I would say, probably our most notable name so far here in the Colts cut, uh, as cuts are due, coming up at 4 o'clock. And the latest on Jonathan Taylor. We'll touch on that on the other side. It's the wake up call with KB and Andy here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. All right, I have a question. Life is so much more than a diagnosis, it's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Uh, pertaining to this song, do you guys ever see the show Leftovers? HBO show. This was like their main no. theme. You, no, n- neither one of you. No. Okay. Pixie, All right. Pixie's playing tonight at TCU Amphitheater. By the way, are they really? really? You Pix- going, Mark? Pixie's in Modest Mouse. No, I'm not going to this one. Boy, I, I, little I date think I night. Told, I think I told uh, you guys this. I went last week to OAR and Goo Goo Dolls. There, boy, the renovation is outstanding, and like the lawn seats are close, like much closer than they used to be. And that was one of the real yeah. hot nights when yeah, they're not a hundred yards in the back. The <laughs> when uh, we went and we were close enough, and we were, I mean, we were what twenty feet in the lawn, maybe thirty feet in the lawn. But the overhang gets so far mm-hmm. out that once that sun goes down, you are good to go there. Yeah, you were you were dripping with sweat last week, weren't you? I About ninety five yeah. degrees uh, out there. Solid workouts walking to and from the car. Last hour uh, for us here on the wake up call, KB and Andy, Andy Sweeney. That's me, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton, hanging out with you another hour. Obviously, uh, some cuts. What will happen? Today, the Colts get down to 53 players. That's by 4 o'clock. JMV will have you covered with all that. What happens with Jonathan Taylor, obviously, uh, is going to continue to be the story today, tomorrow, and going forward. Can I bring up one thing before we dive into more JT talk? Sure. Where I am disappointed in myself, and I'm disappointed in the show, and I'm just disappointed, and I know yesterday was a Monday, and it's a reaction, and what's going to happen with cuts and what's going to happen with JT and the big weekend and Sam Hartman looked great for your Notre Dame fighting Irish and everything else. Not not just for your wife. Guys, guys, Bob Barker died. I know. R.I.P. And we didn't talk about it. Yeah. We're a a wacky morning show. 
There we go. Bye. At first, I was like, who wants to be a millionaire? Did I miss something there? Bob Barker died. And, of course, everyone's doing, you know, he got as close as he could to $1 without going over. That is pretty wild. Yeah, he lived to be 99, but I'm like, Bob Barker died. How did we have three hours yesterday and we didn't spend at least least 20 seconds to mention one of the great personalities of our life, right, KB? Hand raised. Come on. Hand raised. Staying home from school and knowing that you were going to get Bob Barker on is one of the greatest things that... A little snow day, maybe? Oh, my gosh. Or just, I mean, hell. I'm, just I'm a little sick. I'll go over to yeah, Grandma's but it, but it, house. Yeah, but and... if you're sick, you, you actually might be sick. I'm yeah, telling you, you get, a, hey. you get a snow day and you get Bob Barker. What are we doing? Keep the eyes awake on the couch. Watch the beauties <laughs> and watch Bar, Bob work his magic. Yeah, is, is a sick day oh. the same anymore with Drew Carey at the helm? I don't think so. It's No, no, it's not. And he's done all he can, but they were showing mm. like the best of Bob Barker. It's like someone's, you know, I, I know someone who's been on the show, by the way. Really? Oh, yeah. He won a, he won a grandfather clock in like, you know, a year of tide detergent. That ought to be a pain in the ass to ship. (laughs) Plus, what would you, I mean, that's something like those fit in some homes and then other homes, you know, I don't need the dinging and dolling. So when was Bob's last year? Did he get to 80, uh, five-ish, shady eight-ish? I could look it up, but I want to say, I mean, I mean, Carrie's been doing it for a while. Right? Has it just been Carrie since him? Yeah, he's been doing yeah. it for quite a while. I'll figure it out. But I figured I'd mention that. What are we doing? We had three hours yesterday. We yeah. couldn't fit that in at all. What are we doing? That's a, that's and I blame myself for that. I was very I was very hard on myself blame. last night and this morning over it. So so there you go. Uh, can I ask you? Can I just ask you a question? Obviously, all the Jonathan Taylor stuff is out there. Um, if he comes off the pup whether he is with the Colts or not. What does that say about all of this injury stuff over the last couple weeks and what Colts fans will think about him going forward? I mean, obviously he's on the team. You're like, all right, good. Let's go. Let's see if we can get him out there. But if he's in Miami or he's somewhere else, he's with the Cowboys and he's parading around, he's off the pup and he's playing week one and by week two or three, he's looking like Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that's another side to this entire saga. Yeah, uh, that is a good question. Now, I think if there are some Colts fans that didn't criticize, or I criticize might be unfair, but you know, let's recall a couple of years ago in training camp, Shaquille Leonard misses the first 10 days of camp. He puts pen to paper. Three days later, he's out yeah. practicing. So <laughs> we have seen this before. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's what everyone thinks is the, is going would happen here, right? And again, if you come off the pup list, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you're immediately going to practice. It just means you're eligible to practice within the first four weeks of the season. If you go on pop again, you're out for the first four games. We had a couple tweets, Taylor-related, that I wanted to touch on. This from Jeremy. Taylor's been balling out for the Colts and haven't won at a high level. Who cares? Peace mm. out, JT. Um, I, there's certainly some people that have thought that. Now, granted, if you didn't have Jonathan Taylor in 2021... How many games would you have won with Carson Wentz at quarterback? How much did Taylor carry you to the brink of being a playoff team that season? Well, that's why think... he's injured. He had to carry Carson Wentz. Literally. I, literally I, I, on, his, <laughs> on his back, he had to carry Carson Wentz. I don't think anyone out there is blaming <laughs> Taylor for not getting over the hump there in those final couple of games. Nathan goes, if Taylor isn't dealt today, then the Colts can refuse to let his agent find a trade new contract with other teams. So the, this is in reference to the soft deadline the Colts have given. He goes, Taylor has their permission now, but if they impose the deadline, all conversation with other teams from Taylor's camp would be prohibited. Again, this falls into the, where are you if you're the Colts on this? If you think he's going to be with your team past 2024, or past 2023, okay, then 
maybe this is relevant, but if you have no plans, and I go back to all the Ursay comments, Jim Ursay owns this football team. People in this market know full well, if Jim Ursay wants to say something, he'll say it. Find me where he has mentioned a contract extension for Jonathan Taylor in the last month or two. We haven't talked about one number. You know, this is only my seventh show. We haven't talked about one number. You've mentioned the Colts three. aren't negotiating. No, you mentioned with three for thirty nine, and that's just you coming up with a number that you think matches what everybody could do. And you're looking at Nick Chubb's number, right, from a year ago, two years ago, whatever, whatever it may be. Now we haven't, KB. We haven't had one conversation, uh, and obviously they haven't had one conversation at all about any of this. I, I think. Listen, I think it's. I understand the notion of well, you know, Jonathan Taylor's been here and we haven't won at a high level. So if he moves on, uh, big deal. And I, and I just, How much worse would it be if you didn't yeah, have Yeah, well, him? I think that's that that's one side. And also, it just, I mean, it's a finality that, yes, but also, let's remember what you have this year, and that's a rookie quarterback with 13 Again. starts and 40, what, 40 dropbacks in the preseason. And when I watch the first and third preseason games, and I'm seeing Deion Jackson and Evan Hall getting what's blocked, I'm thinking, what could be there if you had the home run hitter? And not just a single setter, because they are lanes. Anthony Richardson creates a major threat to opposing defenses, and it opens up opportunity. And obviously the Colts were vanilla as hell, and and sure, they're going up against backups, but what could be there with the home run hitter? And again, let's not act like Taylor wasn't a part of you winning 11 games yeah. in his rookie season yeah. as an 1,100-yard rusher as a rookie. Or the next season, with Carson Wentz at quarterback, you had to totally pee down your leg in the final two weeks of the season to miss the playoffs. Taylor putting the... Uh, I go back to the play, um, which is probably Taylor's most iconic play. The Patriots game here inside of Lucas Oil Stadium that Saturday night in December. You got a 20 nothing lead. You're trying to ice it away, and Wentz can't throw the ball from me to Mark. And everybody in the stadium knows that you're running it. And Taylor gets two yards on first down, and it's second and eight, and you run it with him again, and you're maybe getting two yards. Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty, they're staring straight in Taylor's face. Two Pro Bowl defenders, and he puts one cut in the ground, and boom, he goes right for 67 yards. You don't win that game. Without him. Michael Pittman ejected from that game. He's in the locker room. Carson Wentz, everything is on his shoulders, and he can't do anything. And yet, with him throwing left-handed passes and having big turnovers, you still had a chance late in the year. And again, all of that, that's more like win-loss related. I'm talking about trying to give Anthony Richardson support and trying to alleviate some stress off of him and giving a very, in my opinion, barren skill group, giving them something of note. Uh, just quickly, Diana Russini, who went from ESPN to The Athletic two minutes ago, tweeting out, uh, quote, today is the deadline for Colts running back Jonathan Taylor to find a trade partner. While there are interested teams, sources tell The Athletic, I'm told as of right now, the Colts have not been presented with a significant offer. She says there is still time, but that is the reporting two minutes ago from the Athletics' Diana Russini. Again, uh, interested teams are out there. She is told right now the Colts have not been presented a significant offer. And to me, that would be obviously a first-rounder. But to me, it would be even further, KB. It'd be probably what? A two and a three, a two and a four? Probably a two and a four have not been presented to the Colts. Is that fair to say? Maybe it's unfair, but that's how I feel. Is that the Colts reaching? 
out to her and saying, hey, will you get this out there so teams will up their ante? Adam Schefter reporting Colts are releasing veteran safety Ronnie Harrison also. Former high draft pick, but a guy that I did not have on my 53-man roster Telling either. You. You're going to um, nail all 53 of these. You're going to be taunting uh, older than everybody else. There's always about Can't three wait. or four. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously in that, I don't know if that differs a ton, but the Ian Rappaport comment from earlier today about, you know, it still feels like that more likely than not he gets moved. Um, I'm just glad to come 4 o'clock we'll get a answer. An answer. It's not necessarily the answer of a trade, but it is a, are you off the pup list or not? So that is something. We'll get an action, and then tomorrow we'll, we'll hear from Chris Ballard. And it's the first time we've heard from Ballard since the start of camp, when, at that point, he didn't think Taylor would be on the pup list. Is that a Zoom, or is that an in-person? That that's an in-person, in person, yeah. Okay. Colts have a 3 o'clock practice tomorrow. I think typically they do, um, Ballard will talk either during or after that practice, um, so, yeah, and that's the last time we typically hear from him yeah, until for the season's over. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you have the Ian Rappaport still up by any chance? This was Ian Rappaport literally about an hour and a half ago on, on the NFL Network talking about JT. All eyes are on Jonathan Taylor today, the Colts star running back who has been in the news for more than a month now, of course, requested a trade, then received permission to seek a trade. I'm told there are at least two teams still interested with offers to the Indianapolis Colts and Miami Dolphins. Is one of those teams they've been long rumored to be a potential landing spot for Jonathan Taylor. Time will tell if General Manager Chris Ballard pulls the trigger on this trade for me. Just from what I know about the situation, hard to imagine Taylor returning to the Colts and playing for them, although I guess theoretically anything is possible. Either way, today should be the long-awaited conclusion of the Jonathan Taylor side. Again, that was Ian Rappaport this morning with his latest. He has been on the side of the fence, I think, that it's likely he does get traded compared to some others. This right here from um, Sean. Sean goes, I would pay Taylor $16 million a year if that gets him in a Colts uniform for the next three years. Who gives a bleep how much he makes? It's not like it's going to cost us a Super Bowl. <laughs> Ballard will just waste it on average guys. <laughs> Running back is worth way more to the Colts than most franchises because other franchises have quarterbacks that can throw the ball. We are running the Wildcat. Obviously, there's a lot of ingest comments in there, but I also think there's a lot of validity in that statement. And we brought this up a little bit, Andy, of like, I think oftentimes we get into semantics with money and years and contract value. None of that matters. What matters, are you going to get the quarterback right or not? That is what matters. And, you know, when people, again, bring up, okay, what did Josh Allen have his rookie year? What did Lamar Jackson have? Lamar Jackson won a Heisman. Josh Allen had double the starts of Anthony Richardson. None of these people can be compared to Richardson. Um, So that's where I look at it, and I am probably side with Sean in that comment of, where else are you spending this money? It's not like you spend it. So if this is a guy that is going to help the development of your quarterback, then I'm okay with spending that. Um, That's how I view it and it's early in this process and Anthony Richardson does not strike me as this type of individual he strikes me as a guy that comes from a very very humble background and that's stuff we can get more into as we lead into the season but Andy there comes a point in time where the commas and the zeros start to grow and I think it's only a matter of time before the quarterback in the NFL gets to the point where the star player is in the NBA and the quarterback in the NFL is going to dictate what they want. We already see guaranteed money rising very, very high. And so there's going to come a time where Anthony Richardson could be in a position to where he gets to call the shots, more or less. 
And is he going to look back on this situation? And is that going to have a negative impact on him or not? And again, I blame both parties. I don't want to act like I'm just blaming the Colts here. Taylor has not handled this greatly either. But is that going to be his one of his fir- do first impressions last? Because this is the first impression that you're making on the guy. It's like the opposite of love at first sight. Does this last? <laughs> I, I, I mean, listen. That's the I, if you're if you're Anthony, listen. If you're the Colts fan, Anthony Richardson in three years uh, is so good that they look at him and they say, "Let's bring you. Let's bring you in. You are you are part of the brain trust here as we make decisions, whether they be contract, who we bring in, whatever it may be. You know, KB. One thing I struggle with, and in baseball, you get. A a lot of this and the Colts are squarely uh, sitting to where I-, I think a lot of this has to do with how you view prospects. Right, a baseball team moves. Uh, you know, if the Angels would have moved Otani, for instance, they could have sold their fan base. What instead of a couple months of what's turned into bad baseball, they could have sold their fan base all of these different prospects. That's what the Mets are doing. The Mets got rid of all their old pitchers, and they're like, well, you know, you know, we we got prospects that in two, three years, four years, whatever it may be. Now it's different in football because the guy doesn't sit for four years unless you're a Packers quarterback. Then you might. Sit uh, for a couple years. Thank you. Look at that. That's the best producing. That's the best damn producing Mark's done in my Packers. seven shows. I, really? I do you? That one's that. always ready to go. That one's number one on well, the list for I, Mark. I mean, I mean, like our picks. Like I can. Like some fans are going to be turned on by picks. Oh, you know, we we got rid of JT and we got a two and a five, whatever it, be, it may be. I struggle with that, and I understand your point. If you're not going to extend them, if you, you gotta don't get return, yeah, on them. you got to get return on them. I guess what I'm saying is. The return can excite some people. Yeah, I, the I return for me, like, it confuses me, KB, because a yeah. third-round pick can be an offensive lineman who, who's in your system for two or three years and doesn't do a damn thing, and we're sitting here in three, four years saying, hey, remember him? He was the JT pick. Now, it sure. can be the exact opposite, but I can understand if there's Colts fans that are skeptical of saying, we're going to get rid of a known commodity for a for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. How many fifth-round picks are being nailed in the NFL? Right, I mean, I Obviously, let's just look at like second round. Let's say the Colts get a yeah. second rounder in return. It could be Braden Smith, who all signs point to him being an eight to ten year starter for you at right tackle, a very important position. Or it can be Ben Banigou, who was just cut by the Cowboys and obviously didn't work out there here. You so, go. I mean, yes, you have two ends of the spectrum. It comes back to the return that you would be getting for him. Again, um, we do have one, I would say, notable name that has been cut so far. Mark brought up Ronnie Harrison. He was just signed about a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. Um, The Colts took some flyers late in camp on some uh, former safeties that have been taken in the second and third round. Tease Tabor and Ronnie Harrison, both of them, again, cut. Uh, But Mike Strawn uh, from NFL Network reporting that he has been cut Again, he's a guy that I did not have on my 53-man roster for a couple of reasons. One, no special teams impact. That's the biggest. Two, I still don't see consistency in games from him. Three, a little banged up late in camp. That doesn't help. And this goes back to the overall offensive philosophy and why I'm curious what happens with Mo Cox today. What happens with Jonathan Taylor? Shane Sykin runs the show offensively. Shane Sykin's got no ties to Mike Strawn. He might look at Strawn in camp and see... You know, whoop de doo He made a couple high-point grabs in one-on-one. Where's the 11-on-11 11 11 He's work? been coaching some pretty good receivers Where's in Philadelphia and, and, uh, and the Chargers. So I think... Come San Diego, by the way. I think that is something 
to keep an eye on. This one here from Tim. Uh, Ursa's got an extra $20 million on the books with the Orca not around anymore. Oh, that's... <laughs> It's a bit harsh. Mark leaned over like I thought. Lolita. I thought he was going to hit a sounder. I, was I mean, I'm sure I have a whale sounder. I was going to say, what what whale sounder does does he there have ready to go? That I thought Lolita might be the fourth overall pick. <laughs> I thought you know we should be paying more attention to mock drafts. I got to be honest. On second round picks, Ballard hasn't been that bad. I no, mean, there's no, there's some no. absolute busts on here. I mean, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I mean, I mean good, there's some good, good there's some good rounders. yeah there's some good players on here yeah, as I mean, well. You'd certainly throw Shaq Leonard in there. Uh, obviously, you would throw Braden Smith in there. Well, Pittman was a second rounder, right? Pittman and Taylor fall Par- into the second yeah, round. Paris Campbell group. wasn't bad. Thank you for him. Um, you know, second rounders. You got guys like Ben Banigou didn't work out. Rocky Seen. Hmm. Um, one more time before we get to. <laughs> Uh, morning checkdown and our pop quiz. Uh, just a little lay of the land for today. Again, four o'clock is when roster cuts are due. Um, then you'll get into the waiver claim period. Sixteen man practice squads assembled late tomorrow. Uh, just a couple of, I guess, definitions, if you will, to look forward. Uh, you're going to see waived and released today. Waived is for the players that have less than four years in the NFL, i.e. Mike Strawn. So now Mike Strawn gets exposed to waivers. So if Mark's Bears with Matt Eberflus, if they want Mike Strawn, they're going to get him because they are number one in the waiver priority based off last year's record. Whereas a guy like Ronnie Harrison, he's been in the league for longer than four mm-hmm. years. So he, and I'm pretty sure Schefter said that he would, he was released, which means he heads straight to free agency. If you've been in the league for longer than four years, you get to become a free agent right away versus waived means less than four years and you get exposed to the waiver process. Right now, right now is the biggest name. Here's uh, as we sit around and listen, there's going to be more, whether it's the Colts or somebody else. There are going to be notable names and they're eventually KB. There's going to be a name or two where you go, oh, wow, you know, he's not, you know, he got caught. He's now a free agent. He got waived, whatever it may be. Right now is the name Colt McCoy. Is that the gem that we have at 922 that Colt McCoy is the most surprising name that we have? And by the way, so fill me in on what Arizona's doing now. Is okay. it Josh Dobbs yeah, and they brought in Dobbs. Clayton Toon? Yeah, that's it. Shout out you knowing that. Clayton <sighs> Toon is a player. They got to do something he, else, right? I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you can bring somebody else but, in, I but mean, Dobbs is the do, guy. Can you do what the Colts did You know, a handful of years ago? They did the Dorsett for Jacoby Brissett trade on cutdown. Right. Do Who's, we see that out of it? I have no idea who the third QB and some other. Obviously, Ellinger is not. Not, now that I say it out loud, I'm thinking to myself, Jonathan Gannon used to be here. I, I don't know. I would argue that P.J. Walker for the Bears is probably the biggest surprise. So he's cut. not going to be the backup, Mark? No, they cut him. Okay, that might be the that might they be the signed biggest. him to a two-year, $4 million deal in the offseason, and he was one of their first cuts now. So they went with the guy that played well against the Colts. Uh, Tyson Bajan. Yeah, I was going to call him Bagel. <laughs> yeah, he's been impressive so far. Well, now I'm just going to call him Bagel now. What's your favorite bagel? Oh, man. Asiago cheese for me. Well, the question is, what do you put on the bagel? You a cream cheese guy? Yeah, you yeah. a bagel and lots yeah, guy? You uh, some people like a little peanut butter? You just a little butter? You know, I don't know who's got the best bagel in Indy. I don't know. We may we may need to do we may need to reach out. No, they're trying to get Caleb Williams. That's what the Cardinals are trying to do. They're starting Josh Dobbs. He got there five days ago. KB, <laughs> he just got there, and he's Josh Dobbs. Greg goes. You should have put some bets on your fifty three hitting. Could have added to the Rosie and Max College Fund. You damn Greg, right. That's the show of a true degenerate. If I wish I was as smart as Greg. <laughs> Met Greg at training camp. Great individual. 
If you're betting on a 53-man roster article, I, I don't know. What sportsbook's right. taking that? Victor Hovland, nice payout for me with the Tour Championship here. Oh, there you go. Uh, who's Over the, the local guy? He Didn't he finish Shank, top, yeah. 10? Did, uh, top 10? Did, did he end up getting top 10? Top he was hovering. It, it was close, yeah. Right around that, yeah. Shout out to Vincent's Indiana. Shout out to the uh, Sod Farm down there. Adam Shank, great individual. His son, AJ. Uh, hell of a year. Well, there Boy, you go. We got the Ryder Cup announced uh, here at 10. Oh, of course, 10-1. Do you care at all? I, yeah, Did I was, you go to the Ryder uh, Cup when it was at Valhalla in 2008? Uh, I was there. Yes. Yes, yes, so, I was. Look. Uh, Valhalla, uh, when um, when Rory won, Rory, when Rory won, how many years ago was that? Like a, seven, eight years ago? That's a great accent. You, you like you. that? Me and, uh, you know, so we had press passes, right? You had press uh-huh. pass and everything. And we were out there broadcasting and everything else. That was in the dark, right? Rory uh, won? It, it was in the dark. So so me and a radio gas bag buddy of mine, who's in Asheville now, by the name of Jared Stillman, he was working, he was working in, I, I can't remember if he was still in Louisville, but he was there. And so we had press passes and we're walking around okay and you gotta find you know you have to stay outside the lines even if you're media uh if you remember tiger woods was back remember it's one of the times where he came back and it was a big deal and he was gonna play eventually he didn't make the cut but we got inside the ropes we walked with my guy pat 40 and tom rinaldi who was at espn and they make you guys cry walking down the first fairway of of course i just saw his face and i immediately Uh i immediately began to weep but we're sitting there we we followed tiger for about 14 holes inside the ropes gosh my jealousy when he was putting it was between uh it was like basically the distance between us is is like literally that's where we were that close. Mark, we I need to go to the bathroom yeah. after hearing this story. And we did not have we did not have any sort of special access. So you know when it comes back next year, was it the PGA? Yeah. I think at Valhalla. Will Tiger yeah. be playing? A little uh, little VIP action might be might be in our uh, might be in our uh, future. Who Kevin knows? Kevin needs to go towel off now because of your Tiger Woods story. I'm go fan myself here. I had a uh, I had a co-host that I worked with before who. <laughs> Who hated Tiger Woods? He was the exact opposite uh, of you. I, loathed yeah, everything. Right, right. Loathed Jake, everything. Jake hates him too. Jake hates him. Oh, yeah. oh come I get on, it. Jake. You know, people hate him. Come on, Jake. Uh, we've had again varying Jonathan Taylor reports before we slide into this morning check down. This is from Barry Jackson, who basically I would kind of say Barry is like the. Mike Chappell, Stephen Holder, you know, he's a long lineage in Miami. He's been all over this Taylor story from day one from the Miami side of it. Barry tweets out, Dolphins and Colts remain in discussions on a Jonathan Taylor trade. I do not know what will happen in terms of what Colts will ultimately accept. Everyone would just be guessing. Fluid situation. Today, Today's deadline for resolution is only a loose deadline. How much yeah, do loose is better than a I've been yes. saying soft deadline. I think loose is probably the better way to describe How it. much do people care? And like I understand it's it's you got to get something back. But you're just you just don't feel like if the Colts don't feel like the value is there, it's not black or white for them, right? Well, that now gets back to the earlier discussion we had, Andy, of okay, are you willing to get into the season? Let the cloud hang over. Right. Let the distraction, the negative, whatever, hang over. But then you're hoping for the in-season injury. I, I, I guess that would be your hope. You're hoping for something late September, early October. Or he plays. I mean, that would and be then the that other gets thing. Into the dilemma. Then do teams look at that and say, "Okay, he's playing. We feel better about his situation. So now we're more willing to trade." Or you run the risk, obviously, of him getting hurt when he plays. And then you have some teams that, okay, what's the value for him for 17 games versus? 11 games. So these are all 
debates to have tomorrow and beyond, potentially. But again, I would consider it a loose deadline just because outside of, and I guess this goes back to Nathan's point earlier, outside of potentially the Colts restricting his representation from engaging teams after 4 o'clock today, uh, there's really no real deadline outside of him coming off the pup list or not. I'm just fr- I'm not frustrated. I'm surprised the second team isn't more roundly known. Does that surprise you at Although all? Although Broncos. I, yeah, I, I guess you know what. I'll follow you. I'll, I'll say it's a Denver. I'll say it's Mark. a Denver Broncos as well. I got no problem. With, I, I mean, I've already put out their Dallas Cowboys, but they've been so quiet. Uh, you know, you figured Jerry Jones would utter something, so I guess it's not going to be them. So Denver makes the most sense. I how about, guess. How about the Seattle Seahawks? Ooh, okay. Well, what about Kenneth Walker? Well, what about him? <laughs> if you get Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> yeah, boy, that's a lot of skill in that room. I'm just DK saying. DK Metcalf. They got, they're really Lockett, banged up on their offense. JJ Smith. Who's the other guy they got? Uh, is it Dodd? Who's the rookie wide receiver who's balling out there in Seattle? Well, they got the Ohio State guy, right? Yeah. Well, they have him, too. Yeah. He's injured. He's but I mean, they, up right now. Yeah. And Jigba is who you're thinking of. Is that who you're ta- talking about? What about the Rams? What about the Rams? <laughs> Wasn't that a team at one point? We're talking Matt, about the Rams Stafford today. Needs to gel with some veterans, apparently. Bobo, Jake Bobo is who, Dodd. Jake Bobo is who I was thinking of, the wide receiver who? there. Have you not seen that? Oh, I should have been quiet for our fantasy draft. No. I could have taken him in the twentieth round. Oh yeah, there's this rookie Bobo. Sounds like an act of the state fair. It, it does. It I thought you were like, talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba. I was, n- no, Bobo. I mean, Listen, look out for very this guy. Obscure. Played college at UCLA. Yeah, he's Seven, already twenty-five years old. He's, he's an, an older rookie. He's an old, mature guy. Yeah, he's tearing up the preseason. He's been like the preseason darling, Jake Bobo. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. Our fantasy football league is filled. Mark, we've had accepted invites. All invites are okay. accepted, including the one you handed out on Friday afternoon. He says you know, that is yeah. such disdain. Uh, we'll <laughs> draft here coming up a week from Thursday. For all the hate mail, I'm just saying that send it to Kevin. Before that, <laughs> let's let's lead off the morning checkdown with Team USA. All right. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, another win for the United States. Tyrese Halliburton off the bench. Nine points, three assists. How about three blocks in 21 minutes for Halliburton? Him, Austin Reeves, Paula Boncaro, and company continue to be a pretty nice trio off the bench. It was close throughout the first quarter. That group got in there. They expanded the lead to double figures. They beat Greece by 28. So they are on to the next round. We're still a ways away from getting to semifinal, final action here. And again, in 2019, Andy, Team USA, I think it was seventh place. They got the yeah. World Championship. So yeah. this is not yeah. like a I know. slam dunk I know. for them. France already is out with multiple NBA players. Um, so right now, I'd say Canada, Germany, those are probably be some teams to keep an eye out for. But the final game for the United States here in group play is at 4.40 a.m. tomorrow morning. That is against the country of Jordan. Yeah, just quickly in baseball, Reds losers last night, 4-1 in San Francisco. Cubs losers at home to the Brewers, 6-2. Those some notable uh, notable ones. And I I just saw this. It doesn't matter. Uh, Scotty's in here. He He may have seen this on ESPN. 
The Rangers and Mets last night. Now, nobody cares here in Indianapolis, the Rangers and Mets. The Rangers were 0-47 this season when trailing, going into the ninth inning, and they won last night to break that streak. How about that for three? The Reds, of course, a game and a half back for the final wild card. Uh, And Indians, they're in Buffalo tonight for a 7-0-5 matchup. On the other side, we will do the pop quiz three one seven two three nine ten seventy. Pop quiz is next. This life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Pop quiz stinks. <laughs> I mean, just stinks. It's, it stinks. Oh, Scotty, you kidding me? Coming out of the gate hot at Scotty. He's got his Atlanta Braves fit on today. Unbelievable. I'd like to do a segment. It'd be more of a video segment, Scotty's Closet, because he has so many, I mean, well-taken care of jerseys and team apparel and hats. He does not mess around. Like an MTV Cribs, but for the radio station. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's my crib. Look at my lava lamp. Yeah, my closet's in Max's room. I don't think it looks like Scotty's. Wait, closet. okay. So between you guys, there's five kids. Is anyone is lava lamp still or lava, lava or lamp no. or lava lamp still something what? that's purchased? Yeah. Is the only place you can get one of those Spencer gifts? I, I'm picturing Probably. Rosie running into the lava lamp, but, you know, and all of a sudden it breaks and it's pouring onto Max. That's what it's I'm pouring lava. No, <laughs> no lava lamps. It's all just like stepping on like Disney toys and crayons and everything like that. Oh, stepped man. on one of those plastic eggs the other oh, day. God. Oh my gosh, I thought I had plantar fasciitis. What's uh what okay, just uh, I don't know what that is. What what's well, the, just what's like a the egg? egg? Oh okay, gotcha. You, know, you can gotcha. take the top off, put it oh, back yeah. on. Oh yeah. Oh, my daughter was pushing me that day. I, I jokingly fell over <laughs> and I fell right on the back of like a Hot Wheels ramp and I was like I need to go to QC Kinetics right now. Yeah. Yeah, QC's happy. Keep going, guys. Three one seven five five nine. Keep stepping on those eggs uh, on a Tuesday. Again, reminder: if anything happens here in the final twenty twenty five minutes, we'll have it. Uh, Query and Company coming up at noon. JMV at three o'clock. We'll know a lot more today. Not only about that fifty three man roster with the Colts, we'll know a lot, um, or at least the next step in the Jonathan Taylor saga. Uh, do you want me to give a number from one to, to ten, or do you? Sure. You know, why don't you do oh, it today? Okay. Why don't you do it today? We'll switch things up. Okay, roster cuts are down to 53. Let's go 5 minus 3 is 2. Is this Jake Matthew doing? Uh, uh, Randy. <laughs> Who we got here? Randy? Hello. Uh-oh. Randy's a veteran, Andy. He's been known to uh, oh boy. to have some pretty special performances. It's going to be needed for today's pop quiz. And, uh, Randy, how you doing? I'm doing okay so far. All right, well, good. Bengals are releasing Trevor Simeon. Is that, is that Arizona's week one starter? <laughs> well, I mean, they have Josh Dobbs, uh, the Dobbs Simeon. Can you imagine doing that sports talk radio? Check. Who's going to win the starting job, Simeon or Josh Dobbs? Randy, over under six and a half wins for the Colts this year. I'm going to go over just because I think it's going to be somewhere between five and seven. I'm hoping for seven. Okay. Do but- you care if Jonathan Taylor is on this football team in a few Ooh. weeks? I think the whole situation has been really messed up. So, 
I, I would like him to be, but uh, I guess we'll find out later today. That's the thing that probably... It's a very accurate, yeah, it is. simple yeah. way to put yeah. it there. If Taylor were on the team and none of this was going on, the over-under, more people would be be fine with, with you know betting that the Colts win seven games. I know it changes the way I think. Uh, all right, five questions. You ready to go, Randy? Sure. All right, uh, let's go. Question number one. Baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr. He homered and stole a pair of bases in the Braves' win over the Rockies last night. Acuna now has 29 homers and 61 steals this season. That's crazy. Name the last player to hit at least 30 home runs and steal at least 60 bases in a season. Is it A, Ricky Henderson, B, Willie Mays, C, Jose Canseco, or D, it's never been done before? It's never been done before. I like it. He has 61 steals this season? Trying to jot down all the Colts players that have been cut. We got a, another name. <laughs> Did something here. happen? We, we can get What's to. the okay? Eh, nothing. Nothing. Okay. Nothing crazy. Uh, okay. Rookie Kyle Harrison here. Randy struck out eleven Reds over six and one third shutout innings last night as the Giants beat the Reds four to one. My middle finger over at Scotty mm. Harrison, who turned just twenty-two earlier this month, the third youngest pitcher in Giants history to strike out ten or more hitters with zero runs allowed since the mound was set at its current distance in eighteen ninety-three. The first was Hall of Famer Chris. Matthewson in 1901. Who was the other? Gaylord Perry, Madison Bumgarner, Juan Marichal, or Tim Lincecum? I forgot about Lincecum. I did too. I, I will go with Lincecum. He, he was special there for a while. All right, question number three, Randy. Royce Lewis of the Minnesota Twins hit a grand slam as the Twins did beat the Guardians 10-6 last night. It was the third grand slam of Lewis's career, which consists of just 50 games. Only two players have hit three grand slams in a shorter period of time at the start of their careers. Russ Derry did it in 47 games for the Yankees during World War II. Name the player who who needed just 27 career games to hit his first three Grand Slams. Is it A, Jay Bruce? What a mouthful. It is. A, Jay Bruce. B, Pete Alonzo. C, Shane Spencer. D, Kent. Is it Herbeck? Herbeck. Herbeck. What do you think it is? I am going to go with Shane Spencer. Sure you are, Randy. All right, Randy. The Phoenix Mercury eliminated from playoff contention over the weekend. By the way, some of these fever wins, I think, are impacting their number one overall pick. Uh, dream, for I guess, for some fans. Uh, halting their streak of consecutive playoff appearances at 10. That is the second longest in WNBA history. Randy, name the team that's reached the postseason 11 years in a row. Lindsey Whalen, good player for this team. Uh, the Connecticut Sun, the Minnesota Lynx, the Houston Comets, or the Las Vegas Aces? We will go with uh, Las Vegas. Michael Grady's maybe caught a game or two there, of them. There you go. Uh, wait, uh, say, say it again, Randy. The Lynx. Oh, the Lynx. Okay there. All right. A little change of heart there late. All right, final one, Randy. On this day in 1964, Mickey Mantle struck out for the 100, 330th time in his career. One thousand. One th- yeah, one, what did I say? One million? Well, <laughs> did I say uh, a million? 
<laughs> Sounded like a big number there. Uh, one three three zero. My apologies, Mickey Mantle. Um, in his career, he tied Babe Ruth's major league record in the ensuing fifty nine years. Uh, one thousand three hundred and thirty Ks won't get you into the top fifty on the career strikeout list. Who struck out the most times in a major league career? Is it A. Reggie Jackson, B. Adam Dunn, C. Sammy Sosa, D. Jim Tomei? Wow. it's a good question. I guess I will go with Tomei. Again, another just terrific effort out of Randy here. Yeah, Randy did a good job, man. Yeah, um, I've got him down for three that he had correct. He got yeah. number one right. Uh, yes! Jr. again, at least 30 homers and steal at least 60 bases in a season. Never been done before. Um, right on Shane Spencer. Uh, see, uh, Gretto. I think he got the Michael Grady hint there yeah! to slide in the Minnesota Lynx. Andy, the two he missed. Yeah, the two he missed. The last one there was Reggie Jackson. Uh, struck out the most times in a major league career, 2,597. And which other one did he miss? Uh, was it number three that he missed? The uh, answer, two, right? Uh, was it number two? Lincecum. Yeah. You said Lincecum. It was Madison Bumgarner. So there you go. Was that Bumgarner the guy that was hitting all the home runs, too, at one point? Uh, he is like uh, he had like old like not old man but like like just like man strength yeah. oh yeah like like on the farm strength just and, the raw power well didn't he didn't it wasn't that how he got injured didn't he have like an ATV accident or something out on the farm I thought I thought he hurt himself when he was out was? on his, some of his land living off the land uh, you know in an off season was that Lincecum or was that Bumgarner that was Bumgarner yeah Lincecum was the guy with the long hair yeah, yeah. he had the hair yeah. Um, okay, uh, we have about a handful of cuts that have happened for the Colts here this morning. We'll run down that list and the latest on Jonathan Taylor. We'll do that to round things out here. Uh, wake up call, KB and Andy here, 93.5, The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Andy, you know what sums up where we're at right now with the Colts? I just got a, um, a Twitter message from Austin. Okay. And Austin, in all seriousness, seems to be asking a pretty legit question. Hey, KB, trying to decide who to pick up in my fantasy league at running back. Deion Jackson or Evan Hull? Who do you think is more of an opportunity to be the third back? Thanks. <sighs> you my want me to answer are, that? Because I have my answer, but you go ahead. Well, my first thought is, are you in a 24-team league? You're debating Deion Jackson or Evan Hall? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's where my brain backs, goes man. to. And then, my other, and then the other thought is just like, Andy, this is where we're at. <laughs> like, we, Roster cuts are happening right now around the league. We're six hours and ten minutes away from getting some answer on Jonathan Taylor. And I am fielding a legitimate question on Deion Jackson or Evan Hall. And it is a some. It's a. I guess it's a serious question. Well, I mean, <sighs> that's the running back room for the Colts 
right now. We'll see how things change over the next six or seven hours. But again, aren't you in a league that's uh, 24 teams? If that question, there are no other options there. I mean, we need to talk to Austin. Yeah, the 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 question, while may be legitimate, the the real question is what the hell is Austin doing? I I mean, I hate to say it, but that's where we are. (laughs) Stay listening, Austin. Uh, Yes, to to me, it would be Hull. Maybe you want that. There's my answer. Maybe you're a Colts fan, so you want like okay, like I want one one cold on the team every year. So that could be it. Yeah, I drafted on uh, what was it? Sunday and there's a guy who who who's a Colts fan and he's been known to uh, it's a salary cap league where you bid on players and everything else he's been known to put a little bit too much of his money uh, into the Colts so I knew so I threw out there early on Jonathan Taylor hoping you know he'd spend a little bit too much on Jonathan Taylor not knowing what's going to happen <laughs> that was a um, hole go with hole yeah go with the fifth round rookie yeah. isn't that what our Josh Larkey said last week yeah when Evan we had him on one of the sleeper picks. he called him a, he called him a sleeper yeah yeah. Um, okay, a little lay of the land for the day. Again, 4 o'clock roster cuts are due. If nothing else, we will find out then at 4 o'clock whether Jonathan Taylor is eligible to practice and play or if he stays on the pup list, he is out from practice and playing for at least the first four weeks of the season. So put the trade to the back burner for a second. If nothing else, Andy, we're going to get an answer on that by 4 o'clock. We'll hear from Chris Ballard later on tomorrow to go over things. So on the Taylor front, that's what we're going to find out today. And nationally, the pulse, Andy, seems to kind of be a little of everywhere, right? I mean, that, well, that's how we opened today's show at the very beginning is, to, to me, I am surprised that there's not a little bit more uh, consensus. I feel like last week, wasn't it basically, um, you know, Rappaport and Schefter both were fairly strong on, okay, yeah, he's going to get moved. And then you sit here today, Rappaport may be a little bit more forceful that he still thinks he'll be moved. Uh, Schefter over the weekend, kind of an I don't know, but it feels like some of the confidence that was there last week, just a few days ago, KB, is not. And like for us... And what did Diana Rossini say earlier? Well, R- like Rossini, there wasn't that legit yeah, offer? Significant, offer, significant is, offer is is the are the words that she used. There which, hasn't been one. Yeah, that, that tells me that there, yeah, a couple teams have thrown out offers, but right now they're not offers that the Colts are going to take. They're not going to give them away, I guess, you could say for pennies on the dollar and like tomorrow you know we can't even until we get to later today you know the scenarios of uh okay he's back with the Colts he's off the pup list okay he's back with the Colts but he's on the pup list and now we have four weeks four additional weeks that we're kind of doing the drama or he's gone and then you get into the conversations uh that we'll have well did they get enough for him did they not get enough for him will fans be angry Will they be emotional? We've seen some fans reach out and say, hey, listen, uh, you know, hey, we're not winning at a high clip with JT. There is a little bit of a rebuild that doesn't look anything like Arizona, by the way. They're the worst team in the NFL um, with, you know, so there's like there's like five different angles that this thing could go here in the next few hours. And at least we get a little bit of clarity on what the next step is. And then on top of it, you know, you know, depending on what happens, and this is something I kind of wrote down to ask you tomorrow i know we're at the end here how truthful because i haven't been to one of these press conferences how how open is chris ballard going to be tomorrow whether he's with the team not with the team on the pup off the pup whatever it may be i've said this about ballard before i think generally when you rate him on the meter of 32 nfl gms and their candor in those settings i think he is one of the more candid now 
uh, there are times too where I feel like he's answered a question. I'm like, man, he should get in the um, Republican or Democrat <laughs> debates here upcoming. Like, you know, it's like, gosh, it's such a politician answer. So. I don't know. I I would like to hope that he certainly is not an idiot and knows how this Jonathan Taylor situation has played out publicly. I would hope he provides some candor on it. Again, we'll find out late tomorrow. That's what fans want, right? I mean, fans want, if if he's here, they want to know what's going on. Their favorite player, they own the jersey. This is the guy on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium. What's happening? You deserve to get some answers on that. He is one of your pillar players. And if he's not a Colt, that's a huge day in indie sports. Okay, why is this pillar that you moved up that you have Why are you taking that picture down? Why is he not there? Why is he not here? And then the compensation, why did you feel the compensation was enough? I've got my latest 53-man roster up on the website. You can check that out. Uh, Again, we've had some roster moves trickle out. The Colts had a personnel meeting late last night to get deep into these roster moves. They have done a handful of them this morning. The most notable name would be Mike Strawn. Again, I did not have him making my 53-man roster for several reasons. No special teams impact, late injury in camp. Doesn't show up enough in 11-on-11 game settings. Those are some of the reasons why I did not put him on my 53. So uh, that so far checks out. Again, we'll continue to keep you updated all day long. Did want to give Austin a chance for rebuttal. Austin goes... It Sorry, doesn't help Austin. that I have Jonathan Taylor on my oh. team, so trying to fill the void. Okay, okay, that, okay, okay that, well, that's a handcuff okay. there. Right, Good. Right. Yeah, okay. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, Strom, by the way, a practice squad possibility. Er, uh, Joel, uh, Joel A. Erickson tweeting that out a couple minutes ago. We had him on at 8 o'clock today. 16-man practice squad assembled by tomorrow as well. And again, NFL rules have expanded that over the years, and it also allows you to kind of bring those guys to your 53 and back to the practice squad pretty frequently. Chris Bauer has done a whole lot of that. So whether it's Jonathan Taylor news, whether it's Mo Cox news, whether it's Jelani Woods news, um, obviously the roster cuts in general will have you covered all day long here on The Fam. Again, it'll be James Boyd, I believe, in with Jake Query today. So good day to have James there in studio and then jmv will have you at two o'clock for those that missed it up on the podcast joel a erickson we got some purdue football chatter in with tom deanhart always enjoy catching up with tom uh purdue and fresno state open up the season at noon this saturday from ross aid we'll get the iu side of things and into their heated uh secretive <laughs> kicker competition coming up later i want to do the, in i want to do week. the entire interview on the kicker everybody have a great tuesday enjoy the nice <laughs> weather we'll talk to you tomorrow